0: Thank you new blood rising podcast part of the questionable endeavor network we're in season five from sting to hogan taking a look at wcw from approximately mid 1990 through approximately mid 1994 again with wcw taking a look at sting all the way to hulk hogan's entrance things of that nature we are now at the end of a calendar year of 1990 we didn't spend long in this uh year but nevertheless it's a huge pay-per-view it's Starcade 90 and I'm William Rankin, joined, of course, by Jason Kiesler. How's everybody doing? And Charlie Stabile. How's it going? So here yeah. we are. Um, I was kind of—I'll be honest—pretty excited for this because the good thing about these shows, like, and again, like we always joke about how we rate them, like, doesn't necessarily correlate to how good or bad the show really is it's honestly the shows are much better than the ratings we've said that i was kind of pumped for this because the show's been good enough to where like i care about some of these payoffs that we're supposed to get so jay like did you feel sort of similar and also again is this i always like to ask if this is something you watched during the time period actually of 1990
1: i watched it a couple days after this was right before school's christmas break and so my dad taped it, and then I watched this like uh, Christmas Eve, I think, <laughs> that year. What Man, are you laughing at? <laughs> Christmas
2: Eve.
3: <laughs> oh, you know, it's just I watch Christmas Vacation. I watch this wonderful. And, life. I mean, and
0: Starcade. Well, Starcade mm-hmm. used to be what? It used to be a Thanksgiving show. Mm-hmm. And it was it wow. would it would come on what Thanksgiving? Would it come on Thanksgiving? I think it would, right?
1: I don't remember, Jesus, uh, I think it was, I think this was like a, th- this is Thanksgiving here, you eat, then you go to the Starcade at Greensboro, or whatever that's the fuck right. it was. Yeah, and, that, and
0: then that's when Survivor Series became the big fuck you <laughs> to,
1: <laughs> to yeah. <Starcade. laughs> but, uh Yeah, yeah we're going to show ours on TV. But like, that's what I was at,
0: you, Charlie, are you pretty excited coming into this one too? Yeah, uh,
3: mainly because of the promos that they were doing uh, at the Clash of the Champions, I was yeah. like wow, they're going to have Luger fight Hansen again. Like, I was really excited to see that.
0: Especially since Luger's, they really, they did a pretty good job of having, like, to, not having him rebuild all the way back up. They kept him pretty much right at that U.S. title number one contendership level.
3: But I think Stan Hansen is such an interesting opponent for him. Because, you know, Luger, I mean, he's like the body Donna. I mean, he just looks like what everyone kind of wishes they look like. And then there's Stan Hansen, who basically looks like what we look like. And yet... I well, don't know. No, yeah, no. I wouldn't see yeah, that. But, but, you, but, uh, but you, I'm saying, like, the typical average person is closer to him than Luger, and yet Luger is is coming into this thing as the face. Yeah. And yeah. basically, Hanson is the next best thing to what a monster heel would have been. Right. And I I find that contrast interesting, and I, I think their styles really match well together.
0: Yeah. Um, no, uh, spoiler, it's a pretty highly rated match on this show, so it'll be cool to get into it. Um. Let's kick it off here. Where are we? We're at the Keel Auditorium, St. Louis, Missouri. It is December sixteenth, nineteen ninety. We kick off with Jim and uh, Polly Danger, Jim Ross, Polly Dangerously, letting us know that Starcade is broadcast to our service members overseas as part of Desert Shield. Oh my God! It's Saudi Arabia. What's crazy is what's wild about this. Just real quick is. We always know it as Desert Storm. It's crazy. Remember, like, yeah, it was actually I Desert Shield that. for a little while before, like, we were full out. Like, all right, man, let's let's enter the Rumble here. Well, We've been keep, hanging around the outside too long. They
3: keep talking about Saudi Arabia, and it just keeps making me laugh because all I could think of is, "So this is the greatest Starcade?" <laughs> Damn.
0: So Damn. we we get a um, very we get a very quick plug of the big matches before we head to Gary Michael Capetta, who. Bless his heart, he is uh, he's in for a workout tonight. He's he does good. I, I for the most part, Kafata yeah. does really well with some of these. What things. I also love is that like with ring announcers of this era, have you noticed like when they hold up the paper, it looks like the paper's been mangled. Like it looks like they've been like just strangling it and crunching it up at ringside.
1: <laughs> I love when they Even right from the get go. It's like first match, it just like these were my notes I took last week. I watched them.
3: I love when they do the wide shot of the ring uh, from basically what the r- the hard right of the auditorium is so you can see the guy coming down the ramp. But, but I, I just watch Capetta.
0: He is so animated walking around yeah. that ring. <laughs> he really is one of the... Gr- like, I'm, He's the voice yeah, of WCW. I'm going to yeah. say underrated. I am going to say underrated because usually Fink gets the big one. Chimmel... He's better than Chimmel. Gets a lot. Of course, Lillian gets a lot of... I think Capetta's um, number two. And David Fink. Penzer... Spencer gets a lot of WCW plug, but I but the I guy do, that did
3: ECW, what who was that? Oh, oh that
2: guy
0: was great. I, I don't know oh, his name. Man, I, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, this,
2: this is Taz. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like fucking a it is. And a lot of it was the way Capetto would go. This is Sting. Yeah, that was the coolest thing. The way he was introduced, mm-hmm. and everybody else is just their name, but no, we're gonna give you a sentence. This is Sting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so cool. <laughs>
1: Right. The, the little opening package that we get is hilarious, not just because of the Starfleet Ingrams, but because there are two Butch Reads and no Ron Simmons.
2: When those Ouch. Up. <laughs> that
1: they hurts. Use, they use a Butch Read without a title and a Butch Read with a title. It's just, it's just flipped. It's like the Player One, Player Two Butch Read. I think um, we, that they have going we gotta on. You got
0: to get some screenshots of that to show it because that's funny. I didn't catch. Yeah, I didn't that. catch
1: that. I watched it several times, just to be sure. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, what's cool is our screenshot quality, when we're either taking a picture of our TV with our phone or doing the screen grab from a computer, are still better than the Starcade back screen caps that we get. Oh, yeah, man.
0: Some of the by
1: the end of it, they're so lazy.
3: They are they're like, oh, we they're have...
0: not telling anything interesting. Uh, didn't
3: they give us one on the Black Scorpion? Yes, <laughs> Which like, most, of most of it's unknown.
0: Most of it's
1: unknown.
2: We
0: don't know.
1: Unknown, unknown says he's from Sting's past. We don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I love later in the show they say like this: he might not even be a wrestler. And Jim, uh, I think Paul Lee says that, and Jerry's like. Well, no, uh, he did say he was a tag partner. Uh, Well,
0: there you go. He must be telling (laughs) the truth because he's a bad guy and they always tell the truth. (laughs) Um, All right. So this part, this part made me, I, this first hour of this show, I said it a week ago is bonkers. It's crazy. It's full of some of the most laughable moments and jaw dropping as you put. Oh yeah. Right off the bat. Gary introduces Sam Munchnick, who we caught a promo of it, um, at a, a clash, clash thirteen. It sounded
3: like he said Sam Mustang,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he said it twice. So and it we like... got Missy BMW coming in. <laughs> they get a nice, so they get a nice pop. Missy Hyatt and Sam Munchdig. Sam gives some really nice words about the fans, and he thanks. Turner and WCW for inviting him to Stargate. And I'll be honest, well, I thought he was going to do a ram jam to nothing off the top rope after this speech.
3: Well, it starts here and it kind of continues for this first hour that the microphone only seems to work for competitors. Because <laughs> yes. he, he speaks into it just fine, hands it to Mushnick. Mushnick, nothing goes through he's for the 15 him. seconds. He's, he's ribbing <laughs> him.
0: He's ribbing him like when you when you call up with a bad Nick Nolte Pat O'Connor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let me well, tell you like, something. When you look at it, the cords are in Capetta's pocket like when they do that that back shot and muchnick sitting there talking into nothing and it stands back and Capetta's hands in his pocket is like is he like bending the microphone to fuck with him like when you just said them like oh my god he's trying to bury Mutchnik. you messed me up in 08 or something 08 jesus oh, wait, like, i'm
0: oh, in 19-08. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the nwa <laughs> uh,
0: yeah then we get this. Oh, uh, no, don't be easy. The, yeah. I mean, I understand this happens at shows. It just, it just usually isn't a. Well, all right. They do the Star Spangled Banner and the display of the colors, but Gary Michael Capetta is talking over it for at least the first 10 seconds.
1: It's Where's rad. all the protests of this? Where's pop- and It's freaking fun.
0: Capetta takes a knee
1: as it's going in the back. Come on, Mustang. (laughs) He does a
0: ram jam to (laughs) Capetta. Have you ever seen a one (laughs) boy?
1: Sam Kaepernick's trying to impress his girlfriend. Sam Kaepernick!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to see him with that frown. I want to see Sam Mudstick with
3: the. A lot of title changes
2: in this building.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Um, One thing that's great about this era is when they do pans across the uh, crowd to see the dot matrix printer printouts that are like... You remember the, the uh, perfed paper that was... Yeah, know I, mean, was, I know what dot matrix is. The, remember the old printer paper that was always, like, connected? Like, you had to, like, tear it off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's What is that? I think it's one that... It's not... It's not WCW. Isn't it the Sid Rules the World? Isn't that there's the... a Sid
1: Rules. There's a Merry Christmas. And the oh, what's so great no. is there's, there's Sid Rules the World and then Merry Christmas. And the dude who is bridging the gap between the two signs is a dude who's in full denim jacket with his T-shirt. And he looks like he is about eight beers in and is ready to puke. And it is not a Merry Christmas for him. He's on the front row. I, I have a screen cap of him. Because I pulled it. Cause I at this guy I said, please say we're going to get to see this dude throw up. Oh, man. He's just, he's ready to go.
0: And you know those printouts? They probably took like 10 minutes, like, <laughs> yep. like for a, a page, you know? Bringing that into the arena? Oh, my God. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs> I got a briefcase full of signs. I'm to see Michael Wall Street? Where is
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> There's 35 of us. We have one sign that says Cesaro section.
0: Can you imagine if in 1990 Road Dogs thing was over and people that? Blo-
3: oh man! Oh no! Excuse me. Yeah, pardon me Can you pass us down?
1: Just, just Honey. keep going. Sharon, yeah, here it comes. What happened? I was fired from the office for what? For stealing supplies. I had to print out this sign. Twenty three dollars worth of paper. Fuck you, Verizon.
0: <laughs> So let's go to our first match. Uh it's beautiful oh, 14. Bobby. Beautiful Bobby. What's it? Oh 14. Yes.
3: Boy. My heart sank when I heard that. <laughs> How long is this?
2: Oh,
0: I love that no. some asshole bitches, like in one of the comments I read, it was like, they didn't give any time to these. Well, motherfucker, there are 14 matches. All right. <laughs> I don't I, Can I bring this up real
3: sure. fast? Uh Capetta does this every time. So there's 14 matches. Right as he introduces every single match, he goes, and a 20-minute time limit. If you do the math, that equals four hours and 40 minutes. If every match hit 20 minutes, you're looking at a 280-minute show. It's, it's impossible.
1: The main events, the last three matches, each have a one-hour time limit. Oh, no, is that right? <laughs> no, boy. Bueno. Yes. Oh, oh, no. So, Which is funny that they say we have a one-hour time limit when the main event starts. <laughs> yes. But when there's, after 30 minutes have passed, Jim Ross is like, we've only got two minutes left. Whoa. Man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and I kept hitting pause, and I was like... This show goes two hours and forty-nine minutes. You've got eleven minutes after that. We're out of time.
0: We're out of time.
3: We got
1: two minutes. This time we're out of
0: time. So let's explain why beautiful Bobby's by himself. Because we saw this last. We saw this at Clash thirteen, and it's kind of like, ah, uh, what's going on here? So Stan Lane and Jim Cornette quit WCW after walking out on a TV taping. This is sometime after Halloween Havoc ninety. Uh, to be honest, I'm not gonna. I can go into much more detail, but if you really want to get the best of it, just go look up the Jim Cornette shoot interviews about 1990 WCW. It's excellent. It's some of the best stuff. There is, it's crazy. So apparently just to give you a a couple bullet points on this, like this year with Jim Hurd, Jim Hurd obviously rubbed Ric Flair the wrong way. We've heard that many times uh, throughout many Ric Flair documentaries or whatever about his history in WCW. But it was also pretty bad for Cornette. Cornette and him frequently butted heads. He wanted, he constantly just thought like the the Midnight's were way past their prime, past their due, shouldn't be, a, really shouldn't be a, as big a part of WCW. But basically, they come up with a plan where they were going to be a part of the Horsemen. This is pre Sid, and I think this is pre Wyndham. It was Arn and Rick were the only ones in the Horseman at this point. They were going to put the Midnights in there, and Cornette was going to back off as a manager. He was going to disappear and just go just strictly into commentary. Well, then they just they reneged it at the last second, and Cornette was like, all right, I'm pretty much... He, he knew he was pretty much done at that point. But they finally walked out, and what was wild was Cornette walks out. Stan Lane's like, fuck it, I'm going with him. And Bobby Eaton, though, with children, is like... I've got to stay. And so the the thought was, in April of 91, spoiler alert, this isn't going to happen, that Bobby would, Bobby Eaton would join them. Well, as we know, that didn't, and that doesn't really, um, I don't think that ends up happening. I I, I back up. I'm pretty sure he has a a singles run in 91 for a bit, but we'll get to it. But at least for the time being, Bobby Eaton is still in WCW. And so he just is kind of thrown into these singles roles here, roles here and everything. What I... I do love the one quote, that where Jim heard tried to call Cornette and bring him back, and he said, you can, quote, take that fucking company and shove it up his fucking ass. That's pretty fun. Pretty good. Yep. I don't think there's a lot of uh, <laughs> reading into that we got to do. <laughs> um, so then, the Z-Man. Here's a fun fact for you guys. The Z-Man was the TV champion this month. Well, I see. Here's what's wild. you defended? He beats Arn Anderson um, on TV. I forget which show it was, but he beats him on TV. It's December 4th. It's on tape delay. They don't show it until the 29th. So when they're talking about that winning streak, that probably figures very heavily into this. The 35-bout winning streak? Yes, yes. Yes. Because believe it or <laughs> not, Ole Anderson, of all people, is very high on Z-Man. Didn't he lose at Clash? He did lose at Clash. Was that less than a month ago? It was in November, I'm pretty sure. It was Thanksgiving Thunder, so it was around Thanksgiving.
3: What's he doing, he was, like a match and a half was a day?
1: The exactly. Yeah, it was the week of, uh, it was, it was the week of Thanksgiving, because it was the Tuesday before Thanksgiving.
0: But it's really wild. Like he literally, And he'll hold that belt, because he'll lose it again on TV, so it really won't matter. January 7th, ninety-one. Anderson gets the belt right back. So for a brief period of time, I wrote a piece about this years ago. It's this cup of coffee run that Tom Zink has as the world television champion. I would have liked to have seen that. I know, but nevertheless, I just wanted to mention that quick. Jason, it's all on you, buddy. start off, I'm sure you want to talk about these Starcade stats, so we can we can lead off with that if you want. Beautiful Bobby versus the Z-Man.
1: Yes, I do. The Starcade stats should be this season's Mayoko because some of these are fucking just fantastic with the, as you pointed out, from Bobby Eaton's, it looks like they call him Midword so it is not a flattering <laughs> picture and he's just in a polo shirt yes. um, my favorite what what's cool is where it says where it says he's from so he's from Birmingham, Alabama and in print or it says it says from the dark side under it in parentheses it says formerly Birmingham, Alabama so I still don't know if Birmingham changed or if Bobby changed
3: beautiful Bobby still- Callaway yeah,
1: like- <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, like, Birmingham, Alabama's like, fuck it, we've had a lot of bad stuff going on, you know, that whole <laughs> racist stuff, the whole Jim Crow stuff, fuck it, we're the dark side now, come on down, um, it's like cool, but, like, I gotta say, I was pretty fucking excited for the opening match of the show to be, like, the Z-Man, you know, it's like, man, that's cool, and then his thirty-five out winning streak, they don't make up a big deal about it at all, it doesn't make sense to me, 35 wins in a row is a lot, you know, especially back then when you're on the road all the time, I'm sure it's inflated, but we never know, um, the good thing is is Paulie is uh making Yoko Ono jokes. I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's only 1990. It's it's really not that uh far out of date." But is Paul's phone just a cordless phone and not a real cell phone this time?
3: Yeah, I noticed that. He's got the uh got the Gordon Gecko phone.
1: Oh, this is just freaking it just looks like it's one he <laughs> just like, "Shit, I lost my phone." He just pulled one from a fucking radio shack somewhere. It's just got the base sitting in his car. Um but with the Yoko Ono jokes going through, it's that uh, he's never seen Z-Man lose a match in less than twelve minutes. Well, we just talked about he lost that clash, and that definitely wasn't a twelve-minute match. God knows that Vader match was not a twelve-minute. <laughs> but I guess you know he was managing, you know, me and Mark then, so he wasn't paying attention to anyone's matches. So there's there's no telling. Um, they call uh, a very lumbering kick, a super kick that literally just looks like he does a mule kick that Bobby jumps off the top rope to do. Bobby seems really wonky. Um, He gets up to do his leg splash, and he's on that top for a solid, I don't know, 30 seconds, and he's just sitting there shaking. Um, This match starts the beginning of no one seems to know what rules are anymore, because at some point, Z-Man jumps over the top rope and does a crossbody tackle onto Bobby Eaton out on the ramp and tries to pin him.
0: Um, can we talk after, about the kitchen uh, sink spot? That's the best.
1: Sure. You, 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 yes, we
0: can. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know the. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. There was so much I'm sitting here going, this. I, like, at some point, I got disheartened because I'm like, this is not a good match. It,
0: it's. Yeah. Uh, Z Man, again, just looks all over the place. and it's, Yeah, man.
1: Let's do it. Yep, yeah, Come out. Let me do
0: it. He takes yeah. this, there's Bobby Eaton goes for a kitchen sink and it looks like the Z Man doesn't know what the move is and he just kind of just kind of collapses and Bobby Eaton just looks at him like what are you doing? Like he he puts his hands out and he's like oh he did do that. Like, You're right. What are you doing? <laughs> and it's <one> of the <laughs> Let's best do it re- again. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's one of the best reactions cuz he doesn't even try to cover for it. He's just like what are we doing here, Tom? You know? Uh <laughs> it, Thomas but anyway, Jason, I'm sorry. I just, uh, that that oh. was, and yeah, his spots in this match are all over the place.
1: Right, especially because it's Tom Zink, and they, or excuse me, he's full-on Z-Man now, um, with his zero Z on the back of his trunks. He goes up, and they keep talking about his patented top rope drop kick, which, you <laughs> know, back that's pretty impressive. He's a big dude. So he goes for it. Bobby's nowhere near him, so he just completely flops it, Bobby rolls him up and wins. And so a dude who you just, even though you didn't make a huge deal out of it in commentary with a Starcade stat, he is on a 35 win winning streak. And there's no, Oh my God. That's, you know, I know it's not Goldberg streak, but that's a lot. There's nothing. There's no like, well, this is a big win for Bobby. This has got to put Bobby in contention for something, blah, blah, blah. No. I mean, like to me, if you're on a 35 win winning streak, you should be. I mean, you say he's a TV champ, but there's no belt because it hasn't been on TV yet, which is fucking weird. Um, so, but you should like be in contention for a US title at that point. To me, um, I don't know. I was just really, really shocked how much I didn't enjoy this match. So I gave it a four.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm. I'm going to be going probably similar. Charlie, what'd you think of Z Man and uh, Bobby Eaton? I think that 35
3: bout winning streak is bullshit.
0: Oh, by the way, the streak. Is over. It's over.
3: Like... <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <clears throat> uh,
0: What's the guy to you suck! I know.
3: <laughs> Retire! Retire! Uh, the Z-Man is a bachelor.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you, Starkate stat. Yes.
3: Wow. Is... Or wait, wait, was that in the... That wasn't... Pa- was that the stat? Paul, Paul, e. Paul e. threw that out. I think Jim did... Ross threw that out there. I thought it was Paulie. I I don't know if he would throw that out. Nobody should have fucking thrown it out. Like, that's the whole Probably thing. Probably should have like, kept that And he's a bachelor, folks. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Jan. I'm into him. <laughs> Sorry, Jan. I'm leaving you. I find it interesting that uh, this is when the announcement comes in that Ric Flair has uh, had to withdraw. From Starcade, due to uh, what they said at first sounded like an automobile accident, but then we just found out it was no, the car just stopped and, you know, excuse me, yes. And then, then, then they just pull them out and beat the shit out of them.
0: No, they don't even do that. They just kind of hold yeah, them. We're, we're going to walk
3: you over here. <laughs> you know, just uh, my favorite moment of the match is Z Man puts Bobby Eaton in a hammer lock, and you hear this fan, like in the front row, just scream, Give it up, Eaton! <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a 1990 fan that
3: was such a great little that's better than you suck just give it up Um, JR tells us that beautiful Bobby's offense has been endorsed by NASA because he's a high flyer (laughs) because he's a high flyer well well. (laughs) Um, the crowd gets really into this towards the end and uh, I can't say I, I blame him because yeah, towards the end the whole thing starts making sense. Uh, the match uh, ends with a small package. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the odd man out here, gentlemen. Uh, I gave this a six. I enjoyed
0: this. It's gonna be this is gonna be a show, all right. <laughs> this is gonna be a show. Um, I don't have too much more to say from what you guys did. I he does he zinc does do this drop kick earlier. I think it's earlier he tries it. And I swear, barely, his foot barely catches oh, him. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, fuck it! <laughs> it's the very definition of fuck it. <laughs> and I'll get one foot on him. Uh, his chemistry is terrible with Bobby. That's
3: unfortunate. because I... their
0: chemistry together is terrible. Um, and I was shocked that this one gets arguably some of, like, the most... Like, when you look at the matches and the time they get, this gets 845. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... I'm excited to see these guys do other things, but, boy, they just didn't seem to click very well. I did only give this a four, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, it' there's something about Z-Man where, like, either people aren't hearing him or he's not being heard or people don't understand what... People just don't understand what's going on in a match with Z-Man because that that spot last month... Which one? Well, the one where the guy, like, or what was it? It was uh the, 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 the primetime. Primetime. Does not... Like follow oh, him in the corner, yeah. yeah. He just kind of hangs out in the other corner, and Z Man does that best of luck uh, springboard to nothing. <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> you're gonna do, are you? <laughs> does he, Sam Munchnick do that? <laughs> Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we go to Tony Schiavone, who's with Dick the Bruiser, who is now. Because remember, we didn't really know what he was gonna ref. Well, now we do. He's gonna ref the Sting and Black Scorpion cage match. He proclaims himself the champion of cage matches since he never lost. Uh, despite despite there being multiple Black Scorpions, Sting's going to get a fair shake.
3: I did like that Dick said. I've I've heard there's more than one Black Scorpion.
1: Well, you've watched the program. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
3: Richard. <laughs>
1: did you say I'm going to make sure everything is square. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. That is that that is very endearing. That this dude is, like, stuck in the 50s. And I, I love it. He's just like, square, square And I'm like, oh, it's, this is Spanky from the Little Rascals grown up. And he's going to make sure everything works. I love it.
0: All right. So now we get in. You want to get in some laughable territory. Oh, it's man. about to happen. No. Because now we get the Pat O'Connor Tag Team Tournament Flag Ceremony. There's a trophy, and it's massive. It's so massive that you almost feel like this is going to be a part of the show somehow. It's bigger than the Andre the Giant trophy. Yeah, it's bigger than Andre the Giant. (laughs) (laughs) And this is also the first instance where Gary Capetta does not actually seem to have the correct note of what the winners are going to be proclaimed to be. Because in this instance, they are proclaimed to be the champions of the universe.
3: (laughs) We're, we're taking on all Commerce. <laughs> Which, if yeah, I was doing,
0: I'd be pissed. No, we're the... Wait, wait, wait. We're the world tag team champions, brother. Yeah. And they're not even what? in it. No. And no. apparently there's two Butch Reeds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the unnatural Butch Reed. <laughs> so, the, the U.S. flag is brought out, then it's uh, the flag of Great Britain, the Soviet Union, New Zealand, Mexico, South Africa, Canada, and Japan. This is such a waste of time. With 12 matches, 14 matches... Yeah, wow. These entrances we, have twenty minute time. Limits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on.
1: I, I, it's great. Is there's so much discombobulation as to what's going on? Because because Gary he starts. WCW presents the parade of nations with with flags for each team entered, and then he cocks his head when he sees that the teams aren't coming. It's just people with the flag.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I do love that the women that they have coming out with every nationality. They, they're all
0: basically white women. Yes. They, no, I kind of thought just, first, like, just, oh, <laughs> is it going to be representative? But it's not.
1: And he goes, as you can see, instead of the flags of the competitors, as you can see, it is the trophy. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> that was Poor Capetta.
0: Capetta's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> it's a trophy. You get it? Um, we get a look at the bracket, which when you look at it, you're like, yep. I see the two teams. It's, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's completely designed for a very specific final. Like there's no ambiguity here. We know exactly what we're getting. Um, so that leads us to our first match. This is, here we go. Our first match of the tournament matches on the card here. We have Colonel DeClerc and Sergeant Kruger representing South Africa. South Africa? Uh-huh. <laughs> but they're bringing their Kruger hands to the ring to take on the Steiner brothers. Charlie? Oh, man. Well, what'd you think? Uh, Was it going to shock you? Oh, I'll take this one, buddy. Sorry. Well, I mean, this whole thing is just... It's not my favorite. Um, Can you mention how they're coming out to the anthem first? (laughs) There's,
3: There's nothing about this that's good. Uh... Except, except at the very end, uh, I, I watched the replay. I know what happened. I saw it, but it still looked ridiculous. Scott Steiner won the match with a two count. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? That's how awesome yeah. Scott Steiner is. Yeah. He is so fucking good. What he did was he hit the Frankensteiner on I don't know Doink, and <laughs> and when he 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 kind of like put his hand on him, and the ref counted that as one. But then Scott like stood up and he's like, "Yeah, oh yeah!" And then he covered him again, like a real cover. And then the ref just counted to two, and I guess Scott thought that was good enough <laughs> because as soon as he did one two, he stood up and raised his arms. and
1: Ref's
0: like, "Okay," <laughs>
1: and he rang the bell. <laughs> but I it's not like this match matters anyway. No. No, it really does. I'm,
0: I'm a huge fan of this of the Steiners on this night because they come out to the anthem, but neither one looked patriotic in their garb no. at all. Number two, Rick stays in the same singlet the whole time. Rick or Scott, despite this being a two minute match, yo, yo hey man, give me another singlet.
2: He has another <laughs> I singlet. shower. I
0: got a shower. <laughs> he is very, very into hygiene tonight. Apparently, Scotty is. But anyway, all right, which that's it. Uh, I gave the match a four. Uh, it's good. The Steiners,
3: even their worst match, I'm, I'm gonna end up probably end up liking.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Jason, how about you? I thought it was cool that only the Steiners got Starkade stats. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't remember the the clerk and Kruger getting Starkade stats at all. I may be wrong. Um what and when they're coming out it's uh it's what was it, Pauly, like during their stats he says they are illiterate. This Jim Ross responds as they graduated. Paulie just finishes his yeah on an athletic scholarship. It's like, <laughs> fuck, man. It's brutal on these two. Um, And, and the part where or, is it Kruger. So Kruger was the one in Public Enemy, right? He was the more lighter build of the two. He jumps over the top rope at, to Rick Steiner, who's outside, and the camera doesn't cut it, but oh. I don't think Rick caught the guy. No. Because when it finally gets over there, he's holding him by like, his ankles and laughing. Yes. While this dude. I wrote Neck that. Is it is. It
0: is Rocco Rock. So you're right. Oh, er, yeah. Who is? Uh, that's Colonel De Clerc.
1: Yeah. So he's not something. Uh, yeah.
0: but... Oh, you just figured it out. Congratulations. <laughs> now wait a minute. Acme Detective Agency over here. One big sham. <laughs>
1: Charlie's on the case,
0: folks. but Jason, you're right. This is a night of the the Steiners are going to like no sell and laugh, not only no sell, but laugh at you for trying yes. something because <laughs> yeah. this happens uh, again later, I think.
1: Yes. Uh, yes, you you were right. Um, And it's, it's kind of not fair uh, because I, w- I want to go ahead and bring this up to go through it. Now, normally, like, you know, King of the Ring tournaments, things like that, where there are going to be competitors in multiple matches if there is a clear heel and face system established, which in this tournament, there's really not um, yet, but normally like the faces have these long drawn out matches and the heels don't. And so it's always something to play for the finals. Oh, well this guy had a 20 minute match and then a 15 minute match. And then this, this guy only had like a six minute match and then something happened to his competitor. So he got a bot, you know, something like that. But it's like the Steiners are coming out here, mowing people down.
0: Right. That's the problem like these none of these other teams look really that competitive. If you would have had, if this tournament had been the Steiners, the Fabulous Freebirds, the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express Doom, it'd be like man like yeah. yeah and that's just the problem. You're exact I know exactly what you're talking about because it's always this commentary that's built in. It's like, "Oh, he's had such a hard time getting here. Yeah, that's yeah, that 12-minute barn burner with the uh, Skinner and then uh <laughs> 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 skinner, like I
3: you're, you're king the of the ring. ring skinner yeah he was always a no that ain't happening kind of guy <laughs> no. the gator breaker yep what? the first scorpion death, death drop?
0: drop yeah yeah, yeah. he pulls off the hat and it's sting. <laughs> and, if
1: and if i'm not mistaken so if we're only gonna get one Frankensteiner in a night that contains multiple Steiner matches, why is it in the first one? I, exactly.
3: Which I didn't, you know, not to, yeah, not to bury the lead, but we don't know that right until right. the show's over. Where it's like Jesus Christ, you saw but that screenshot. Is- His
0: takeoff again—it's ridiculous. I am—he's so good. Like Steiner Was Scott Scottie? Steiner is <laughs> so good that in all seriousness, we laugh about the the all the stuff from our first season and stuff, it's just amazing watching him work in so many ways, just because he just does things that a guy as I shouldn't be doing. Right. That And you saw that he did a Frankensteiner recently, kind Off of. Off the top rope? Yeah. yeah.
3: I don't care. It was That's, awesome. Yeah. It was so cool yeah. to see. He looked quite winded after he yeah. did it. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was, was face he, well, well, if you do well, a, a Frankensteiner <laughs> like that, yeah. He had, he, kind of gave himself the Dominator.
0: <laughs> Somebody needed Twitch. to have a chicken fried chicken back there from Cracker Barrel waiting
1: after that match.
3: <laughs> Cracker Barrel.
1: <laughs> He's mad. Everybody's got Cracker Barrel and not Shoney. He's like, this is on Twitch. And they're like, what's Twitch? <laughs> You're buying, right?
0: <laughs> so, yeah. so, Jay, do you have any? Uh, do you have a rating for this one, man? Oh, It'd be man, great I if you said, nope, yeah,
1: I Hat, did hard it. pass, Will, <laughs> nope. I, I, I had to do that the first episode, you <laughs> I was like, no, uh, no, um, I, I like, I mean, like, I like this a little bit better than uh, Charlie did, weirdly, um, it's a four and a half, I mean, because it is what it's supposed to be, it's like, look at the Steiners, they're killers, the end. I gave it a
0: five, it's only a two minute match, but I love that the Steiners are the one guys who, like, they get... It's exact. When they have a match like this, it's exactly the length it should be, and it's it's exactly at least in the way it's executed, the way it should be. Short, quick to the point, destroy these guys, get them out. And the other thing that's believable is, and Jr. tries to play it up in the sports angle here, that De and and Kruger are like a number eight seed. So like they're they're basically guys who barely made it in, and the Steiners are obviously the number one seed, so they should dominate these guys. So it's it's very well executed. Probably should have been the opening match of the of the night in a lot of ways. Just with the way it comes off but I give it a five so now we get a afterwards quick uh do we get oh no no I thought I thought there was an interview never mind we go I believe they go right to the next match yeah we go right to our next match wow what a shock yeah did it, you know about this all four of them well not really three of them I'm sort of like wow. Well, I'm confused about two of them. All right, so I'm and I, hope, and I think everyone else on the program <laughs> was too, especially the guy typing. Okay, <laughs> so the match, the next round, representing the UK, we have Norman Smiley, pre
1: wiggled yes. Happy to have him, and gentlemen, and Chris Steve Adams. Austin's trainer. Oh, is that right?
3: <laughs> Chris Adams is down there.
1: You know, you know, he didn't smarten Steve Austin up until after this match. <laughs> Oh, wow. I love hearing Austin talk about that. He didn't all, didn't smart me up to like I was training for a year. And then
0: I went yeah. to Jerry Jarrett and I said, like, Jerry, I want to start working. I want to be working full time. Do you think I be working for hell? I think you <laughs> be working full time now. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> it's always my favorite story. It's it's it, it never fails and what's great is like he even prefaces it with like, it well pe- people have heard me say this on the podcast and then he just goes into the whole story again it's not like he abridges it he's just like I went to Jerry's like you think I'd be working full time hell see if I think I'd be working it right now <laughs>
1: see you in Memphis favorite, one of my favorite things he does and it's been big recently is when he has tech issues he tells us in the opening of the show about the tech issue <laughs> And then when you get into the recording where he's talking to the person, he explains the tech issue to the yes. person. <laughs> and and I, I'll admit, like,
0: our, i know this tech is not exactly perfect. But what's awesome right. is he records a pod twice a week, twice uh-huh. a week, and like, he so frequently runs into these things that really befuddle him. <laughs> like, God dang it! I got my Taz Cam. I've got my, I've got my MacBook. And like it, and all and like something just isn't plugged in or something. My MacBook. <laughs> but also, what I, uh, what I'm a big fan of is when he's too close to the mic and you can hear him breathing like really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and and he gets mad when people like say something about it. He's like, "Well, god dang it! I, I'm trying to do my podcast." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, I, I get it." But there are sometimes where it's just like. Uh, uh,
1: What was really funny is when that hard breathing was going on during during his ivory interviews, because (laughs) Uh about how big of a crush he had on her when she was on GLOW back in the day, and it's like and she's just like, oh, and I was a a coach for tennis and I was coaching here <laughs> I know I know Charlie you've
0: you've gotten ribbed for the papers. Like the papers. I have. What do you
1: mean these? Yes. Yeah.
0: Like it sounds like a <laughs> Well, I forget what the one comment was. It sounds like somebody's on a staples or something. They're just going over some papers. What are they doing in there? What are you guys doing? I'm gonna need fifty copies But uh-uh. One thing I've noticed Austin to suit he I think he's playing with his watch a lot of times. Cause you'll hear like this.
1: Is he click- winding it? I, I don't well, it's because he doesn't know whether or not to shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's told us a million times.
0: Yeah, and I or there's something there's like a clicking, there's like this clicking sound back and forth, and I'm and again like I completely sympathize with it because I have things. Look at you, the way you're playing with that pen. Yeah, I know. They this may one, be picking that up. Pick up. That's okay. That, yeah, I, I mean, it. I mean and it's gone. It, Oh, bam! Not, not back there. Yep, there it is. But um, but uh, I used
3: to bring clicky pins.
0: Yes. Stop oh, doing yeah. that. Yeah, that was, you? A, was. I forget who. There have been a couple people that are just zero in on them, just like man, fuck that Stabile. Man, <laughs> fuck
1: that guy. And his fucking pen. Why haven't they fired him yet? They you know it's you too. Is what's funny is no one's ever said, hey, that's Charlie. No, it's they know.
0: <laughs> so. We haven't even said who the opponents are, but representing right. the UK. Well, we've got. <laughs> we've got. Ray Mysteric and Conan. Right. Which, Ray Mysteric. And I think in this match, it is referred to as Ray Mysteric, Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterioso. Ray Mysterioso, which I heard that, which I was like, that's what William Shatner called him when he was guest hosting Raw. Nobody's got this straight. So let's clarify this. This is not. That Ray Mysterio. This is Ray's uncle. Clearly, oh, oh, wait, wait
3: a minute, wait a minute. I thought Ray Mysterio Jr. got it from his father, Ray Mysterio. This isn't
0: his dad. Oh. I'm pretty sure this is not his dad.
3: So, are you telling me that his that his name is Ray Mysterio? His father's name is Ray Mysterio, and his uncle's name is Ray Mysterio? Is
0: it like what, well, it George is, Foreman? It, it is Ray mis- m- Mysterio. I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> not according to competitor. No, but this uh, I'm. I'm hopefully that the the, the the research was right on this. If it's not, I am sure I'll be corrected, but I'm almost positive this is his uncle. Someone will get on this. Uh, and is this
3: Conan? Yes. Is this really Conan? Because I was trying to figure it out. But he looks jacked. He I mean, does.
0: That's what threw it off. A little too jacked if you see the, co- the close-ups on the back. Oh, uh, I see what oh, you're yeah. saying. little too jacked. I got you. So, this one Dude. is... Uh, I, this was an interesting little ride here because... Um, it has moments where it picks up, and then it has moments where it, it just... It lays down. Yeah, it does <laughs> lay down, take a nap, see in five. The, the Chris Adams superkick, though, mm. he was a guy who really, like, as time goes on, sometimes doesn't get mentioned enough with the superkick and the history of it or whatever. No, if, 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 he's, one of the,
3: if, he, if he's mentioned now, it's in re- relation to Austin. Right. That's the only time you ever hear about it. Right, that. right. Goddamn, it, stole his wife. Did you hear about it? Uh, <laughs> wanna, I got a
0: little story to
1: tell. <laughs> my watch mind? and tell you a story. Don't forget
0: to wind your watch. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this one ends with a, a very just bizarre modified backslide, maybe that. I, I, I guess. And my favorite part about the finish here: Ray, Ray mysteric Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterioso, and whoever that, whichever one you want to pick, according to King Uncle Ray Mysterio, Uncle Ray Mysterio Jr. Mysterioso. <laughs> Hysteric, Sin Booyaka?
2: and
0: so him and Conan pick up the wins. This match was five and a half minutes, and it had some fun moments. It's got some quick tags, some decent spots. Then the finish is you get this horrible reverse suplex and a backslide that I don't think Norman S- Smiley seems to understand, or or maybe I, I don't know. It it just seems to be. <laughs> Really confusing for him and Conan. But then my favorite part of this is they get the win. It it's again a bit confusing to everybody that the match is over. But even though it's clearly over, Ray decides, I gonna fuck it, Plancha! And it sounds like a watermelon hits street pavement. It is a horrific sound but off-camera he does this plancha to Chris Adams, and we go to a cut to him on the outside, and it looks like it didn't end well. For him! I don't think Chris, Chris Adams was there. I don't, I don't think he planched at the stairs. fuck it! I, I like it. Fuck it, plancha! Just, what? I need to get this in. Um, And, uh... Alright, so yeah, I won't go to... The, the next bit is something for the next uh, segment, but... I gave this a two. This is pretty bad. I, I really this 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 really wasn't good. I was really looking forward to it uh, when I saw that Norm Norm yeah Norm Smiley. Norm Smiley. Hi, how you doing?
2: Norm. Norm! <laughs> it's Norman Smiley.
0: <laughs> and Chris Clavin. Uh...
1: Hey. Uh... Does, does that make Austin Woody? Hey, hey come over here. He's just yeah? Oh that oh dude. Oh, yeah. cheers, oh you shit. want a drink?
3: Oh you want a drink.
1: <laughs> but you yeah. wanna make you uh IPA. Well I, I wanted a martini. You're getting an IPA.
0: That, it, that you guys were right, that reverse suplex is just yeah. It doesn't. It's, it's pretty bad, and like I said, that this modified backslide thing that just it just seems to be again some miscommunication going on here, and uh, yeah, falls to it too. Jason, what do you think, man?
1: I'm gonna go ahead and preface my speech with I'm gonna be prepared to get brutalized by my review of this match from U2. I think, um, but when Conan and Ray, whoever he may be, we'll call him Ray <laughs> Osimo <laughs> come out to the ring uh jim ross says that they speak enough english to be able to adhere to the rules um they're yes.
3: just smart enough to get by that's what that that's <laughs> what i hear
1: paul heyman just decides to go you know what that's not enough so he makes some banana boat comment he did about like oh. i was like oh my god like i'm i'm done with this the thing is is like the parts of this match that were that, that were good, I really like. I like the, the Chris Adams super kick into Norman's German suplex. I, I like just, you know, the the dynamic offense that you see Chris Adams do. I don't ever remember up until this moment ever seeing him wrestle. But, you know, it, just from hearing Austin, this is the guy that trained Austin. I don't expect him to be like cutting cartwheels over Norman Smiley doing a leg split after his legs. You know, it's like it's just stuff you don't you don't see. I just and then contrasting with some of the lucha because we got guys that that I mean the lucha style definitely isn't what it is today, but it was a lot different than what they were just in there doing, um, and it really just feels like these clearly these are just two teams that are one of these teams is just going to be fodder for the Steiners or Muda and Saito, um, but I've got where the different names that Jim Ross seems to do we um, going through it. I mean the match end was sloppy. Um I love how you know, we couldn't tell if Ray was hurt or not because he's sitting there holding his leg. Yeah. Uh, bad, uh, and I'm like, we'll know next could... match.
0: We'll know I guess we I... figure it out next match because I was kinda confused too. So I was like, is this work? Leg... What, what are we doing here? Is yeah. it just hereditary That's with that family?
1: Like, oh <laughs> me too. This is where the oh well then this team can't compete. So but this other team lost, so somebody's gonna get a bye. This is where I thought it I was like, oh I don't know. Nope, we don't get that. Um, but as I said, the parts that were good, I really liked. Uh, I gave this match a six and a half.
0: It's not bad, man. No, I mean, I get it. Like, the endings would really hurt my rating, to be honest. Because you're right. Everything you said is right in terms of... There are moments earlier on, I think, that are really good between them.
3: You but, gave this a two? Yeah. You're telling me that but, the endings possibly brought it down three to four points? Don't give
0: me that bullshit. <laughs> you just,
3: I was fine until the end. That's what you just said. But you have it at a two. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe
1: he had it at a four to begin with.
0: I probably had it closer to four, to be honest. I don't think I would ever... I don't think... I mean, six... I'm really trying my hardest here this season. Like, if it goes goes over five, it's got to be... It has to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like a lot of these matches do run in that four to five range. Overall. Not necessarily tonight, but overall this season. But... It does, like the the flat out just confusion. I, maybe the plancher should have bumped it up to at least a three. Fuck it, and fuck it's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, J- uh, Charlie, what'd you think, man? It's
3: terrible. All uh, right, it's really bad. the The part that made me uh, laugh the most is Ray got thrown out of the ring at one point, and there are these like incognito stairs that nobody uses. That are like on the Paul, 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 Paulie and Jr. side of the ring, and 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 Ray's elbow smacked into it, and you could see it, and he just immediately just, what's that doing there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God! And it is painted the same color as the mats and the ring. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought that was a little mean. She's giving the stairs the receipt from the elbow.
3: <laughs> so between that and trying to figure out what the hell their names were, and trying to figure out if those were even the people I was thinking of. uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just lost interest by the time the bell rang.
0: Uh, I, I gave this a three. I'll tell you what, I would have bumped it up to a six if Ray Stance was his tag team partner instead of Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Here comes Dan Aykroyd as a ghost. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> C-
3: cigarette falls out of his mouth.
1: <laughs> what are you thinking about? Oh, no. <laughs> it's a run. You got to for- try this plancha. Yeah. <laughs> they got the positive goop all over him from Ghostbusters 2 this is great I love the crowd's vibe fantastic
0: so then we go there we I'm gonna start calling these the Jim Ross Me Too moments of the night Oh no. because oh, the, <laughs> this this was good but go ahead Jim Ross says let's send it up to Missy hope she's not wearing one of those atom bomb dresses with 50% fallout
3: Man, you know he can't get that off air. <laughs> I know we talked about it, but. That's Taker. That no. is Sorry. that is Undertaker. Jan? Okay, there we go. It's your reset for JR.
0: Oh, my God. So, uh, from there, we now go to our next match in the uh, Pat O'Connor Tag Team Tournament. Got a dandy on our hands here. It's the royal family, A.K.A. Rip Morgan and Jacko Victory versus the Great Muda and Mr. Saito. Did we talk about who,
3: who uh, Missy interviewed? Oh
0: man, I skipped that. Here we'll go to it real quick because this is actually pretty good.
3: And I realized who it was. Yes.
0: <laughs> Which part? Alexander York. Oh, you didn't. I didn't, didn't know. know. <laughs> I don't even remember that being mentioned in the last episode. I said you never. You didn't. Okay. I, I must not are, have heard. It. No worries. I'm sorry. So, yeah, Missy Iets with Michael Wall Street and Alexander York. Missy Iatt says the computers predicted that Michael Wall Street would beat Terry Taylor in less than eight minutes, which apparently uh, Terry Taylor didn't like.
3: I actually had to Google this because I was like, that sounds made up. Uh, Michael Wall Street was featured in the money section of USA Today. And it was just money section. (laughs) It's like, like, is there a section in our newspaper that just says money (laughs) and shit that's just, here we go. Like, wouldn't that just be the Wall Street section? There is a money section. Yeah, CNN's
0: got a money section. Yeah. Welcome. It's, <laughs> uh, how you doing? What year is it? <laughs> Encino man over here yeah. coming out to play. <laughs> hey, buddy. So, uh, I mean, Jay, I've got a, I, just a couple background notes before you start with Rip Morgan. Rip Morgan previously was the flag bearer for the Sheep Herders before they became the Bushwhackers. He appeared in WWE in 1985 as Bigfoot. Briefly. <clears throat>
3: all out <laughs> <lot> of ideas <laughs> uh,
0: I have something here for uh, Jacko victory we know who that is man I
3: oh I came unglued. I was,
0: yeah I was like I always thought he might have been in wCW and there you go and uh, so Mr. Saito, I thought this is interesting. According to police, on April 6, 1984, Ken Patera was refused service at a McDonald's restaurant after the restaurant had closed and threw a boulder through the restaurant's window in retaliation. The responding officers testified that later, when they arrived at Saito and Patera's hotel room to investigate someone matching Patera's description in connection with the criminal damage report, Saito was uncooperative, and both wrestlers assaulted the officers, taking turns beating them until other officers arrived to subdue them. As a result of the incident, Saito and Patera were convicted of battery of a police officer and sentenced to serve two years in prison. On November 16, 2012, Patera was interviewed on Kf- KFAN radio, based out of Minneapolis. In describing the incident, he stated that he went to the McDonald's around midnight to get a burger, but found it closed. The lights were on because they were shooting a commercial, so not only... P- ken patera but another customer who he described as a young adult had arrived thinking that they were open for business the young adult threw a rock through the window but patera was blamed saito was never there i thought that was interesting because i was like he threw a boulder through a window which i could believe ken patera was quite the strong man yeah he was big
1: i like the concept of a boulder versus a rock
0: yeah a boulder (laughs) makes me think of something much bigger oh yeah That is pulled from Wikipedia, so the accuracy on that is debatable, but I just thought it was humorous to read.
1: It's really cool. I'm glad you did because then that really makes sense later on during the finals of this tag team tournament where uh, Paul Heyman keeps harping on the history of the referee and Mr. Saito, where he said he gave him bad advice. He told him to stop eating at McDonald's. Makes so much more sense there now. There you go. <laughs> Holy crap. Hey, I was like, first I was like, are you just calling him fat? That's like a muscle drum. That's not a fat guy drum. I, do, I did want that- to call
0: him Mr. Fubar, because Mr. Saito does not look like a guy you want to encounter no. anywhere.
1: No. He looks like he could play like Oddjob in a 90s remake of a film. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. stoked. That screams henchman all day. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. But uh, you got old Rip Morgan and Jacko Victory, who... God bless him, apparently they, they give this whole backstory that Jacko Victory was born in Jersey and didn't like Jersey and went to New Zealand. That's a hell of a jump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did the whole close your eyes and point on the map. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Oh, so I
1: guess I gotta go. Uh, but uh, but we get Muda. As a kid, I was so enamored with Muda. Mostly as prior to our run-ins when we started this, there was a lot of Muda-Sting matches. Mm-hmm. And it just always seemed to be that, that Muda and Sting were back and forth. It was like, you know, that the predating Vampiro, they were the brothers in paint, even though they were always fighting each other. It's like, it just, it worked. And Muda's movements are so dynamic, and you can't, you got to follow him. It's like similar how the Rock started doing it years later, way he would over exaggerate his elbows and things like that. It just made him look so crisp and so good. Um, but literally, my notes on here are I dig Muda's elbow drop and his springboard elbow. Clunky finish, <laughs> it's just like, um, that's it. And but I love this match enough to give it a six because Psycho nice, and Muda wow. it.
0: Yeah, they, that's a match goes five forty one. You give it a six. finish. I, I, the German suplex. Is it Muda who does it? I think it is, isn't it?
1: Uh, I think it's psych. Yeah, it's Muda who does the German suplex because you were just talking about how bad the last one looked. Jacko's a little big of a guy. I think he gets up, and that's why the su- the finish gets a four count instead of a three. <laughs>
0: What would you think,
3: man? I have two notes. Jack victory, exclamation mark, and nope. <laughs> Three out of ten.
0: What's the nope for?
3: It means yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's the only thing <laughs> I can think All of. Right. <laughs> I, I don't remember anything
0: from this match.
3: Not a single thing.
0: Hot guard do you watch f- the match and then a day later do the notes on it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like to test my brain
3: yeah, a little gotta bit. going to talk about
1: something? <laughs> no. Charlie. Maybe. You're doing the whole. Oh, I gotta hurry and put this in my dream journal. Shit, I forgot. <laughs> um,
0: I gave it a. F- I can't believe I gave this a five. I wonder what I was thinking. I gave it a five, but I my notes are. Uh, I said solid. Didn't expect it to go that long. I I'll be honest. I did not expect Saito to be like he takes a lot of moves in this, which I think when I saw him come out, I was like, oh, this guy's gonna just eat people, and he kind of gets eaten himself for a little while in this, which That's kinda- a lot of food. Yeah, he gets Big Maced a lot during this. It seems like it's weird. So I kind of expected him. I don't. The thing I have to also remember. I'm pretty sure this is. This guy had been wrestling at this point for damn near 20 years. So I think. I think he starts in the 70s. So I. I guess I shouldn't be shocked. That, so he's
3: earned that Mister title.
0: Yeah, I guess he has. Like Miyagi. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I. I guess I also expected them to dominate since they're pretty much the other team in this tournament. I guess I expected them to dominate a little more, but apparently I still gave it a five. All right, moving on. Paul decides to then interview them, which is great. I love the fact that, uh uh, yeah, no, I guess I don't love it that much. <laughs> I hate the facts. I, you know what it is, is I'm thinking about what happens with the skyscrapers later. I was, I was in my mind, I was jumping to that interview. That's nah, pretty pedestrian. Nothing special here. Saito boasts. That's about it. I love um, when they do the replay, though. The replay kind of betrays the tag team of uh, Rip Morgan and Jack Victory because Morgan hits Victory, but he acts like, ah, fuck. Well, whatever happens happens after that, Jack. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, All right, Charlie, I'm glad you got this. I'm so glad you got this match. I'm so glad because you get Bull Johnson and Troy Montour versus Victor Zangief and Salmon Hashim... I, ha- I hold on. Hasimov. Hasimakoff. Yeah, Hasimikov. Um
3: Yeah. So Bull Johnson. Bull Johnson uh, and Troy Mantor or Montor from Canada. This is the best they've got, apparently. Uh, taking on the USSR. No, isn't true. No, got... it's bullshit. Bullshit Johnson. <laughs> um, Trying I do remember some of these notes. Uh, so. This will be quick. There was a uh, a belly-to-belly attempt, and it did not go over well at all. Uh, I forget who did the move to who. (laughs) I think it was Bull Johnson doing the move. But whoever he did it to, he couldn't get him over, and he went face-first into the mat. He just ate it. (laughs) And, uh... Uh, the crowd seems to be on my side here a boring chant breaks out um, which is well deserved because yes who the fuck are these guys and why are they here and then you're going to have to explain this last note to me because I guess I thought I would remember just by writing this but I don't I put suplex
0: wins question well, mark what's a suplex into an arm bar for the finish yeah it's the finish Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's no, the actual finish. The what was it, it? it? looks like it's a belly-to-belly into an armbar, is what it is. That's what my note is for the finish. So was there a tap-out? Oh, well, a submit. Oh, it was a submit? tap-out doesn't exist yet, really. Like, oh, well, that, really... yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah.
3: So it was a submit. Yeah. Uh, okay, and I think that's it for that. Uh, this is the worst thing I've seen yet.
0: This is a 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. And Zangief and Hasimok... <laughs> I keep. Has- I keep... Hasimok... Has- Asimakov. Asimakov. Yeah, they get the win. USSR, because I, I, what is it? Nah. they try to plug like the, like the friendly relations between the Soviet Union and the U.S. at this point, because it's pretty much over anyway. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, WCW is leading the cause. Yeah. <laughs> Desert Shield. We've, we've got. To... All right, so Jason, what do you think of this one, man?
1: Well, let's see here. Um, Zangief is a hairy motherfucker. Yeah. That dude, I thought he was wearing a sweater, Um, you know, but it's cool because he's got to wear his natural body armor because he's going up against Canadian Tatanka and Zap rousdauer Is that dude... <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. I, know, I just had to wait. Dude, did he not? I mean, like, I was just waiting on a bunch of cult dudes to come out with Canadian Darth Vader and we get it going, but uh what, what's neat about this and it's really the only good thing about this match is... This is still nineteen ninety, so we got one more year before the fall of communism. And the guys from Russia are the faces can and Canada are healed. Really weird. The crowd, I don't think, is is kind of wait, what? Why are we gonna cheer for these guys? That's not uh you know, that's not the the two Russian wrestlers we don't boo. We're not gonna do that. Um it, it's just that that finish I don't even thought I didn't think that was a submission. I thought like there was just like a missed another two count win. Like the Russians are like, screw that, Scott Steiner. We can win with a two count too. Um but no, this was this is the one probably the the worst match on this card. Um I also gave it a two.
0: I mean the big problem is these guys are great amateur wrestlers, clearly. They're just not mm-hmm. great pro wrestlers where it's like chemistry with the audience you know those things that those are well, things there's no that, connection there's zero connection
3: as i recall after the bell rings that's when troy Mantor tries to <laughs> to create west Mantos. west mantood <laughs> i i think after the bell rings that's when he starts breaking out his crowd pleasing shit <laughs> he's like oh yeah i forgot hey yeah hey, hey. yeah like he starts <laughs> and i'm like wait a minute is that a native american canadian <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, when Jason said that I was like, Oh yeah, he did have like a weird gimmick that just decided to show up uh later on in the match.
0: <laughs> His gimmick was the new jack of the match. Oh so, wait, wait, wait. Let's come in later. I gave it a two. It's bad. It's, it's bad. It's pretty bad. It has zero connection with the audience. I'm I'm hey, amateur wrestling's great, man. I, I think that stuff is, is really cool to see. Uh
3: at the Olympics. The,
0: there, there is a crowd element to this where it has to be like there is. connect to the Tell a story. They hadn't here. mastered how to do amateur wrestling and in, in pro wrestling. Yeah, yet. it's a good point. Um, isn't it funny that I, I did write, I did write this. I love that Bull Johnson wants to get his heat back after the match. Yeah, he does. Like try to like. Yeah, they both do something, and it's like <laughs> fellas, time's up. <laughs> we got to get to Terry Taylor and Michael Wall Street. <laughs> right.
3: Nice, uh, nice Zap Rouse Hour reference. I, I wish I thought of that. Thanks, Jason.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> Tony's with Sting in the locker room. Who would have thought this was possible? Says says Sting himself of his storyline. <laughs> He's not really super excited. I He's, put somber Sting. Yeah, and and I think when we when we talk about this storyline, because we've we've hinted at parts of it, when we go through the entire of it entirety of it at the end of this show, I think we can understand why Sting is probably not that excited. But um. We get a replay of the previous night with Terry Taylor confronting Alexander York and Michael Wall Street in the ring. And I will say, Terry Runnels, Alexander York, slaps the dog shit out it's of him.
3: It's pretty rough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's And he looks pretty pissed. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Red Rooster is
3: not happy. Yeah, him and Dustin had a talk in the back. <laughs>
0: Didn't go well. So that leads us to our next match here. We've got Terry Taylor versus Michael Wall Street. We've got a special guest ring announcer.
3: Well, once again, only Capetta knows how to use that damn mic because it breaks in <laughs> and out. Who, 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 oh, is I think I, it was Alexander York, wasn't it? No, I think I forget. I I shit, I didn't even write who it was. I wrote,
0: I, I wrote special. I guess it was nobody important. I
3: love that all of we both mentioned it in our notes, but we didn't write who it was. Did you write who it was,
0: Jason? I
1: oh, man, I'm. I didn't write who it was. My note on this is: Do famous wrestling people from St. Louis not know how to use microphones?
0: That's who it must. It must have been. On, yeah, that's it. That's why I didn't write it, because I was like, oh, this thing fell flat. I do love on the Starcade stat for Terry Taylor. His dad is a doctor. Dr. Taylor. Doctor I presume.
2: <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> I love on the Starcade stat the Starcade stat for Michael Wall Street. Alexandra York is a computer whiz with an exclamation point.
1: Yeah. Check it out, guys. She's a lady who knows how to use computers. This
0: um So we get that they do actually have the countdown on the screen for 832, which I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. Because we know from present day, like the beat the clock things that... Oh, Tim White's not (laughs) reffing. Once again, I I love that Terry Taylor was watching Clash 13 because he figured out the best time to get to Michael Wall Street is when he has to undress all of his suit. (laughs) He jumps him, (laughs) proving once again that new entrance sires are needed for Michael Wall Street. Uh, Wall Street has at least updated his trunks to, at fi- like, at least they're all black. Like, I'll give him that. Like, it kind of, instead of that awful red thing Then he had, <laughs> the red color coordination i for Well, it's better to be in, in, in the black than the red. Yes, because, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. that goes with the character. <laughs> when they talk about, Missy Hyatt can recommend a good plastic surgeon. Yep. After Jim Ross oh, says. did say that? Yep. After Jim yep. Ross says that Alexandria York needs a nose job because she's so snooty. Snooty. Snooty.
3: Snooty? No, I'm
0: snooty. Snucky, snucky. I'm, I don't know why I was thinking <laughs> of she'll that. She'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. She will. Snooky? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Alexandria York. Well, yeah. Well, she'll be as Terry if she is Alexandria York. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want to Who remembers this? <laughs> but um, um, no, that's Paul. I think it's Paul Heyman who says the line Missy Hyde can recommend a good plastic surgery. I really like the combo of the atomic drop into the back suplex. I wrote that. I love that combination. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, this one does not get down to the wire. This one finishes up pretty I like that. Yeah. I like that. that. They didn't do that. Stock market crash with a minute 40 to spare. Michael Wall Street gets the win. Uh, I gave this a six. I thought this was a really good singles match. And I, and I think part of it too was they, this is like a 24 hour storyline. They literally do do this the night before it. I I think all this fit pretty well. I think the one thing that was really weird is that there's uh, they really need to tweak Wall Street though to be more of a heel in terms of like I I really was hoping also that he was going to be getting close to the time limit and he realized he couldn't do it and Alexander York has to do something like distract him distract Terry Taylor or bash him with the computer into a million pieces or something. That would actually be funny. (laughs) Fuck you Taylor. Blonde (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> Terry Alexander does a blunt with the computer. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, but still, I like this match a lot. I think, I think Wall Street's getting better. Like, I I do like that. And if, what's sad is, like, this is going to end pretty soon, if not by the time the next show airs, because he will definitely be... Heading to WWF. That's right. In a very similar character. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. What'd you think, Jason?
1: Um, well, I, I'm just going back to the, when the special guest ring announcer, what's weird is it's not like Munchkin's where the first part of what he's saying is cut out. The microphone cuts out on him in weird spots. So he introduces it as Terry Tay and Michael Walry. So just in my notes, I have if I say Terry Tay, you know who I'm talking about. Um, for some reason, Jim Ross dropped a Leona Helmsley reference on mm-hmm. on Alexandria York, and for sounds like I was trying to remember who it was. I was like, "What was that?" So I go to look it up, but the whole time the smarky wrestler in me was wanting to be like of the Hearst Helmsleys, you know. But that's like a <laughs> really bad joke. Um, and I also like how, I mean, at least Michael Wall Street, it's taking him a longer, it's taking him less time to take off his stuff because he has tearaway pants he still needs to learn to get a tearaway shirt um i like the clock the, the clock is kind of neat it's the one thing that puts a a sense of urgency on finally a match on this show yeah. um uh, that isn't part of a tournament it was just like oh good there, there is something there this is one like you know they've had a lot of in the shows we watch where it's just here's so and so versus so and so who cares why they're wrestling we get a recap you get the clock it's really good um There's a line that says, Terry Taylor wants a major singles title in 1990, and he wants it badly. Well, this is middle of December of 1990. He better get the fuck on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They talk about, they go over and say, you know, that he's formerly known as Mike Rotunda. Michael says he legally changed his name to Michael Wall Street. So, like, would the modern-day version of Michael Wall Street be Dave Cryptocurrency? Yes, wet fart. I knew it. I knew it. I had that mark. I mean, I, the I
0: it's worth a shot. Uh, you blanch it that <laughs> one. You were you like, plunge, fuck, fuck it. stairs. <laughs> 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 <And that
1: dares. laughs> but I mean it. The, the whole point is if you, like, if, if, if I was to come in a whole bunch of money and I'm going to change my name, I'm not going to. Wall Street isn't money. That's just where the stocks and shit are. It's not actual money. It just, it blows my mind some of the logic behind this. Um, I just have a note. It says I'm not even touching the Missy Hyatt plastic surgery line, uh, but I can't say that this is a lot better of a match for Michael Wall Street than the last one was. A lot less boring. Still a little boring, uh, but I gave it a five and a half. He'd be like... Uh, it, it's really ironic,
0: too, because I'm Terry Taylor will be making a pretty drastic shift himself here pretty soon. Oh, wait. and 91. I
1: completely forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. It's something... Uh, because I put my score in the middle of the notes for some reason, mm. they talk about Terry Taylor's finishing move, the five arm. Oh yeah. The five um, arm. So he goes, yeah. yeah. He goes for a five arm, which is his finisher. Gets a rope break. Uh, then he gets the proto version of the stun gun. And I called, uh, Michael Wall Street's job, the Caucasian drop. Cause it's a Samoan drop from a white guy. There um, you go. When, <laughs> yeah. When the, when he gets the pin, and the match is over, and we've got a minute and forty sec- 42 seconds left. The clock keeps ticking, and then it fades away like it didn't survive Thanos' snap. I was just laughing the whole time. I was like, the clock should end. It should stop. They're just like, fuck it. Take it off screen. We don't know how to do that. Um, but his music, I hear da- uh, Michael Wall Street's music clearly for the first time, and it's such a Dallas ripoff.
3: Oh, he took it.
1: No, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, Paul Heyman says during the recap about Terry Taylor's finishing move, he says, it's not that great. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why I was like, oh wait, I do like... <laughs> maybe you should say, just didn't work. Just saying it's not that great. Are you trying to give him notes without giving him notes at all?
0: That's pretty good. Yeah. That's it. All right. <laughs> Sorry. What'd you think, Charlie?
2: I think that's a good
3: point about the, the theme, because usually with the theme songs, when they rip something off, it's it's... It's it's close, but it's like, oh, that doesn't really – it kind of sounds like that. And this is closer to the Dallas theme than DDP's is to Smells Like Teen Spirit. This is really close. Where, where I'm like, where, where does it go from this is okay to lawsuit? And, yeah, Michael, <laughs> Michael Lawsuit. lawsuit. <laughs> it's coming. Yep, yep. So, yep. so yeah, I, I thought of that. I was wondering if it was a network edit, but No. Uh, it, it definitely sounds like it has that WCW flair. Uh, I want to talk about the Michael Wall Street character for a second. I actually really like this character. I, I think, um, like you said, it was a 24-hour storyline. I am more invested in this in 24 hours than I am with Black Scorpion, which has been it's going on brilliant. for months. It's so like, well executed. It's really good, and, and the idea of the clock is a good and bad idea, and I think that also goes with the Michael Wall Street character. Here's the problem with the clock. As great as it is, because it really is, but if you really think about it, his character is done when he gets beat. What do you do after you, you, this character loses a match? You know, like like it makes it kind of complicated to think about that. I mean, do you have to reinvent what
0: the computer is, or he can't lose all the time? Well, okay, so you could be creative with somebody takes the computer, somebody does. Somebody takes the computer. The computer. Yeah, you, you, you no, computers. that's good. So I mean, it, but. <laughs> Like Same the gold time, chains. I doubt they're giving this much thought to this character, unfortunately. Well But what's wild is like how th- like the York foundation thing will become like mm-hmm. like basically a stable yeah. after this. And it's funny, but you're right, man. Like it is complicated because you're right, like once he does like get beat clean mm-hmm. that's gonna lose a lot of the luster. I mean it's always like when I
3: think of gold, it's like Goldberg. When I think of his WCW career, it ends at Starcade ninety eight. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't care after he's lost. And Michael Wall Street, I just think it's, it's different with him because this is a guy, I always liked Mike Rotunda, but he's never going to be, you know, at the top of the game. And a character like this is specifically designed to do that because like, that's where WWE got it right with Ted DiBiase. It's like, if he is so rich, why can't he be in the main event all the time or constantly in contention for the world title? Yeah, I mean it's that old thing from what is it Batman the animated series if you're so smart why aren't you rich right. and if and if and if you're not if you're rich why aren't you the champion like right. that just doesn't make any sense but to the match itself um i like that they mentioned that he's basically been on a winning streak uh since they got the computer he has not lost a single match
0: since they got the computer so that adds like this level of intrigue it's like it, the computer's basically his earned the other thing too that could, that that would if if you had anything like a run in or something like that because the computer can't account for can't account run-in. for that so the, you'd have to be it, it would be a fun one to book because there would well, be so many things you could do with it you could do like a system update and he starts losing all the matches
3: <laughs> like why is he losing every match now
0: This Windows things like, come out we got to go back we need to, to get this, updated to this Windows we got
3: to go back to Linux you know and, and shit like that um, the commentary I gets a little strange at one point I th- I remember Paulie said something about. Boarding a subway, and he didn't want to be. He said, "He said if if, if I want, ever want to clear a subway, I just announce that my name is Bernie Gets." And it was just such a weird thing to say. And JR was like, oh, "I'm not touching that one." So of course, I immediately went to Google, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Bernie Gets?" He's basically Paul Kersey. He went on a subway in New York, and he shot four muggers. So Paul Paulie's basically saying, "If I want to clear a subway, I'll just go on and just announce that I'm going to shoot everybody." And <laughs> it's just made it. We, I wish I hadn't Googled it after I was done. I'll announce I've got Brock Lesnar. He'll have five, everybody.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, the stock market crashed. Great name for a move. Yeah. Shitty move. Um, I looked like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So the best part of the match is right at the end. Um, what is it? After he hits the five arm, he covers Wall Street. Wall Street just happens to be by the bottom rope. So he gets his foot on the rope before the three counts made. But when they show the replay, it looks even stranger. He's not getting his foot on the rope like as quickly as it looks like he should. Terry Taylor actually stops the ref from making the three. He sticks his <laughs> he sticks his arm out to stop him. And it's like, "Oh my god." And it just, replay betrays. The replay, again. yeah, and it was the wrong angle cuz it didn't I didn't see that before, but it was like, "No, no, no, no." No
2: don't do it <laughs> don't do it yeah.
3: <laughs> but taking that out um, oh one more thing Paul Lee, I thought this was interesting because I was like How, are they really going to do this uh, JR starts talking about that his name is Mike Rotunda Paul Lee gets on the defensive almost immediately like no hey hey like and I start like is this like a thing where if the character gets reinvented the previous guy never existed kind of thing like, like Paul Paulie is all over this yeah yeah and he's like no no he, he ch- okay he changed it he, he legally changed it and I'm like all right, yeah. It's just it was just awkward and weird, but um, other than that, the match is okay. The storyline is interesting, and I, like I said, if it if it took some tweaking with Michael Wall Street because he's not the best on the mic, right? Alexander York kind of makes up for it. Um, this could have been a really good character, and I I dig the match for the most part. I gave it a five. Cool,
2: cool,
0: cool. All right, so <laughs> this is I'm so Jason. You I think. I think you get the most fun match of the night here. I think you do. Really? Uh, I really do! I really <laughs> I'm with Jason. I, I'm with Jason. I absolutely... This, this is... I love that we get a match like this in 1990. That's just like very 1998-esque to me. But anyway, it's the Motor City Madman and the Big Cat who we we saw stepped out in a, a big way. I'm a big fan. <laughs> big fan of Big Cat. <laughs> Are taking on Sid Vicious and Dangerous Dan Spivey, otherwise known as the Reunited Skyscrapers.
1: All right, man. What do you th- Well, even though with my reaction, I do have, like, almost a full page of notes on this match. Are you serious? Somehow. It's because I write real big and sloppy. Oh, wow. But, uh... The, the Motor City Madman and the Big Cat should just change their name to the Alliance of Guys Who Raise Their Arms. Because the Big Cat comes out, he holds his arm up, and, and does like the, ah, look at me. And like the Motor City Madman just goes, oh shit, ah I better do it too. And then they walk, they take a few steps, they stop, and they repeat. But they alternate who instigates the arm. It's like their guys don't know what to do on the entry ramp. Um, and also somehow the Motor City Madman looks in worse shape than he did last time um Went a little too i don't mad. know <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh my god uh
0: he was at the mcdonald's but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was the boulder
0: <laughs> yeah, man,
1: was... all Ken, right, throw you know. <laughs> fastball <Yeah>! special <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn it will that was great um <clears throat> not this not the last wolverine comment that will be made on this podcast today um the cool thing is is that Sid Vicious did save us from a big cat versus Night Stalker match, so he truly is the number two baby face. I, I don't think I wanna see that um just yet. Even though I, I am, like I was a big fan of the big cat. Like this dude just showed up last match and he was like, You know what, I'm getting T V time.
0: That's right. All Gets his ass whipped and the next des- guy. i, I love to think <laughs> that he just decided it too and just walked out. Like, nobody had it really yeah. booked. He's like, you know what? I'm going to make a name for myself tonight. What are you going to do? Get slapped around by Lex? <laughs> <laughs> and just walk away. <laughs> just okay. walk I'll take it. I need to go to the Panera.
1: <laughs> now, so... <laughs> why does he at the Panera? Sorry. I don't uh, know. Sid is... Even though Sid is, is reunited with Dan Spivey, he's still part of the Horsemen. Um, so this to me is funny we just said that this is like what Wolverine would say I'm a loner gene and he would leave the X-Men and go immediately join the Avengers or X-Force or whatever other team that was there Sid just can't get away from being paired up with somebody or part of some unit
0: Um,
1: but the problem with this well not the problem one of the many 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 problems with this match is no one seems to know what the other person is doing and that goes across teams too not just opponents but Uh, Spivey and Sid go to set up the big cat for like a double back body. Sid and the big cat seem to know what's going on. Spidey goes for a shoulder tackle. So he nails big cat. Big cat just looks at him. Spidey goes, Oh, bends over. And then they proceed to do the double back body drop. Um, right after the double corner splash spot with Sid coming through the freaking air, which is a a horrendously frightening sight. If you ask me, uh, then Spivey comes in with that clothesline he goes to Irish whip the Motor City Madman, and he whips him, but Madman starts to go face first, and at the same time, Sid is raising his knee, so the Motor City Madman's face just smashes right into Sid Vicious' knee, and he becomes the Motor City Napman for a few seconds um, as they pick him up. Then there's the almost fatal powerbomb at the end, uh, which I'm sort of going, oh God, Spivey, please help him, please help him. Yeah,
3: yeah, for the love of God.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then Spivey goes, oh, you need help. <laughs> and then pulls it up. And, you know, QRO, help me, joke. <laughs> I don't think Sid, Sid was training so hard, I don't think he could say it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if this was fun. Because, again, it just totally kind of squashed a guy who, after his last appearance on our show, I was kind of into and had some hopes for. Uh, but after this, I, I just know. I, I gave this a two and a half.
0: Okay, Charlie. What'd you think of this, man?
3: Well, here I am, all excited to see Big Cat, and he doesn't do shit. I don't think he did anything in this match. Couldn't uh, get out of the litter box. Couldn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> he got declawed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Shit>.
3: <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so the power bomb is really funny because Sid picks him up. And Motor City just kind of hangs there for it's a second. It's kind of like Kevin Ash and Giant. Yeah. But you get to see Motor City Madman's face, and it kind of reminded me of John Laurenidas's face when he was in the attitude adjustment. Just... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is this when I push? Okay, i push. It just looked like he was just waiting for Spivey to help him. Um, it's a squash match. It's, it's... And it shouldn't... It really shouldn't have been. Like, these are four just big fucking dudes. And M- Motor City Madman is—I uh, can't believe we got two pay-per-views with this guy, or two shows, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but no, nah, it's—I was very disappointed with no big cat. Uh, so I, g- I gave this a three.
0: Um, I'm just a little bit above it at a four. This is only a minute. This match only lasts a minute. It's only one minute long. And it's Sid. And once yeah. again, well, there's ways- a it, there's a lot of confusion here with uh with Sid. I feel like I feel like after in the build-up to Havoc and. And sort of the reaction got to Havoc. They're like, oh, maybe we need to book this guy as a face. So then he's a face pretty much at Clash 13. But Jason said he's still with the Horseman. I couldn't tell and if he, he was still the with the Horseman. That's the thing, is that. And then and I I know obviously there were some last minute changes to where like it, it Spivey got out of this, who Spivey got lifted from the Luger storyline because he came out at Havoc. For the Luger-Hansen match. So it's like, oh, he's going to be paired up with Hansen. No, he's going to be thrown in with Sid here, and they're going to do this. Which, by the this interview they do afterwards, which scares the hell out of Paulie Dangerously, and I don't blame him, you feel like these guys are going to be running roughshod through WCW, but we'll see. But anyway, um, there definitely feels like there's confusion about what to do with Sid. Like, do we go, like, they cannot, they they try to go half-pregnant with this. Like, okay, he's, he's a guy, we should push him as a face. Well, we can't. Because we're still going to be doing this thing, wink, wink, later on in the main event. So we need to have, you know, we still need to be doing that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think there's definitely that confusion map, But I do love that they don't mess around. They use this as a perfect just kind of pop. It's just a quick, quick pop for the crowd. Yeah, it's a bit problematic. I had a great time watching it, though, because I just love watching Sid just come out there. And now in the black singlet, mm-hmm. This is the toy, toy, exactly. My very first toy. Yeah.
3: (laughs) My very first toy.
0: And, uh, yeah, so I have it at a four. It's a squash. Like, I mean, like, it's a well-executed, I feel like a fairly well-executed, I shouldn't say well-executed, it's a fairly well-executed squash, so, I don't know, it's it's slightly disheartening because it's like, I feel like Sid should be, I'd love to see Sid doing better, but, whatever. Heyman, I talked about... He, or, I keep saying him, Heyman. It's I really hard. It's I should really, really commit. Pauly Dangerously is ringside with the skyscrapers. It's, uh, you know, I love that he's... I I think his fear is legitimate. I think it speaks for all of our fears if you're right next to these guys and they're at a 10 from the first word that they're saying. But we go from a quick interview afterwards to our next match, which is a big payoff storyline here. It is... Uh, here we go, scrolled up me Jason, what did you give that match real quick? Give it a two and a half. Uh, two and a half? half. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We have here Tommy Rich, Ricky Morton with Robert Gibson in their corner taking on the Fabulous Freebirds with little Richard Marley at ringside for them. So, uh, Charlotte, I think this is you. I mean, I'll take it. Oh, I feel like you're really excited.
3: Well, I, 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 need, to, I need to preface this real quick. The following ratings for tag team matches on my end don't necessarily reflect the quality of the match itself. I was just sick to fucking death of tag matches starting now, <laughs> <laughs> okay. because I That's really, I really don't think this match was probably as bad as I rated it. But it it didn't matter. I was like, I did not care. I, tag matches, which I love they're not even spread out on this show like some of most of them are back to back and i was just done with it so let's just uh r- first note right off the bat Paulie, uh he, i'm taking this line that he said out of context but this is how i felt this is terrible this is really really terrible that's how i felt uh the free birds turn on little richard uh robert gibson eats it which is they set it up early JR's like no he wouldn't hit a man on crutches uh, He's going to hit a man on crutches. <laughs> That's the way my mind worked. Um, I, I really just thought that this sucked. And it, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. I gave it a two.
0: Jason, how about you? Wow. Um,
1: I'm right there with, with Charlie. Charlie. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10, ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh, would, would watch again. No. Um, <laughs> watch I think again. it's going to have a show that's going to include a tag team tournament. That's going to take up at least seven matches on its own. Maybe don't have any other tag team matches unless it's for a championship. Thank you. Not just random. Hey, let's do this guys. Cause I mean, it, it, there's way, way, way too many. I think there's what of the 14 matches, 10 of them are tag team matches. <sighs> um, <yeah. laughs> I can't tell if that was relief or release Senator Charlie. <laughs> uh, but I would be really upset, <clears throat> excuse me, if I was on a tag team with someone uh, for multiple matches, not just like one or you know one pair up. But if I'm part of a storyline and I'm now a tag team with someone, and they're still introduced as one half of a different tag team, I'd be <laughs> pissed off. Um, I know I'm not big on Tommy Rich, but I gotta take his side on that one. Um, and of course, here come the Freebirds with the Confederate Kabuki look. And what I I remember like not liking the free birds as a kid because they cheated. And then you get older and like, Oh, but see, I like, I like the bad guys. I like the bad guys. And this last little bit has just really spoiled them for me. It, I guess it's because I'm looking at them through, you know, different eyes than, than what was going on back then. But just, I don't know. I'm really not into it. Um, I've got a note here. I'm not remembering what it was, but it's a Springsteen. To, oh, Paul Heyman talking about, would uh, Bruce Springsteen or MC Hammer keep fighting after they were hurt? Um, and I was like, well, you know, you go from Bruce Springsteen to MC Hammer, that's one hell of a leap, even in 1990. Um, but Tommy Rich, again, fails to connect with the crowd. Because wasn't it last time, I think it was your match you did, Charlie, where you said that Tommy Rich goes for a crowd clap and no one flaps with him? <laughs> he's, he's the
3: Jeb Bush of WCW. <laughs> yes. Is, is that's
1: the, harsh. He tries again.
3: <laughs> please, tries again. Please applaud. I do
1: <laughs> I don't know how that doesn't happen you are part- teaming one half of the Rock and Roll Express and then the other half is out there on crutches you're fighting the dudes that put him on crutches, it's a big event you're in St. Louis which isn't that far out of Texas, you know, where people would be like, man, fuck them free birds, and all over, and you can't get the crowd to clap with you 1980 was a long time ago, buddy um, but I, like there, I got the no one would no one would stoop so low as to attack somebody on crutches, Paul, and then we flash forward 22 years to Zack Ryder in a wheelchair and an neck race being pushed off the stage by Kane. Um, so that just says in wrestling, it doesn't matter if you're hurt or not. Um, it's when, Paul, Charlie, the line you said about this is terrible, this is really, really terrible. This is a few seconds before that where Tommy Rich grabs little Richard Marley and starts to spank him. Oh. Yes. Um, crowd kind of gets a little hype for that for a second, for some reason. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Then the the match kind of builds to its conclusion as Morton rolls up Ronnie Garvin for a six count, but <laughs> Nick's... He spends 30 seconds trying to get Tommy Rich out of the ring, and as soon as Tommy Rich is completely out of the ring, he just gets right back in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it no. was no mercy. Tools. The ref pushed me out, I'm getting right back in. Um, and it's just... I don't know, so the match ends because of the discombobulation between little Richard and so, you know, it's the little henchman of the bad guys getting his comeuppance from the bad guys. It should be a kind of okay, fun thing. But for some reason, the image of two dudes just with Confederate face paint on kind of double teaming on a tiny little black guy. I thought so. uh, <laughs> it was awkward. I mean, like it, it not, not then, but watch it now. It was like really, really awkward. Um, and especially because they're beating him up while everyone else is just getting out of the ring, they're just uh, leave that,
3: that. That's just funny. <laughs> oh, fuck I just
1: it. Wrote, I wrote it that they're like everyone leaves, and then um, and then my next note is the Freebirds did so little during that match that their face paint hasn't even sweated off yet. Uh, and then my next note is, oh, here comes the help. <laughs> or if they come back for a second, they check on Little Richard Marley, and then it leaves the Freebirds out to be able to clothesline you know, the other member of the Rock and Roll Express whose name escapes me for some reason on the match, which means this shit still isn't done. Um, I gave it a little bit better than you did. I gave it a three. Uh, the,
0: my rating of three is exactly the same uh, for the same reasoning that you just ended with Jason. And that's the fact that this is, I'm not gonna say a blood feud, but like you took out one of the dudes, probably pretty nefariously, you tore hurts. his knee off, yeah. beat him to death with it. And now he's at <laughs> ringside here. And, you're telling me it's gonna end with a roll up, and then we're gonna do a clothesline on the apron afterwards to tell us this isn't finished. Like one thing it seems like is they don't want to pay off storyline. They don't want to blow off any storylines of this in this show. Maybe the main event is the exception, but like this might gonna be kind of one of the my complaints with the match later. It's like, oh, we're done. Well, I guess not. Not really. It's like, wait, but you were building towards a logical conclusion here. This needed to end with the Freebirds getting embarrassed at the end and Gibson getting in the ring, maybe hitting one of them with a crutch or something like that just to really like, yep, we won the storyline. It's over with. And instead, you're right. Like, well, the black guy will cause the, the Freebirds to lose. And then they'll just beat him up for a while. You know what? Hey, you know what? The right thing to do is to go in there and save that poor man. The
3: weird thing is the fans are immediately sympathetic for Richard Marley. Like, yeah. hey, That's what That's pro wrestling, I... man. Yeah, is that crazy? He's just like, no, he still sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it... This really should add a better payoff. Although I will say one thing I'm glad they didn't do is, oh, Ricky Morton's going to get worked over for 30 minutes. Yeah. And yep. then the match will end at, ma- at minute 35. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's one thing I'll give it. But, yeah, I give it a three for the same same reason there. Then we go to Tony. Shavon, did everyone get the ratings in, by the yeah. way? I just want to make sure. I just, right. uh, Tony Schiavone goes over to, uh, he's talking with, Stan Hansen. It is a Texas Lariat match for the U.S. title with Luger. A Texas Lariat strap match. I is that don't... what they called it? I don't. It's not a... I thought I wrote it. Well, it is a strap a Texas match. Texas Lariat match. Texas yeah. Lariat match. Hansen explains the rules for us. Thank you. So it's basically a chain match or a strap match, whatever you want to call it. There. Up next, we we got the two semifinals. Well, the
1: sport... the Stan Hansen. This promo is really good because Stan Hansen is a motherfucking telepath. Because I'm sitting here thinking, that's a real skinny rope. And, like, the moment that thought cruises through my mind, he's like, well, this rope, this may, rope may look skinny, but this can hold a 600-pound steer. Because that mm-hmm. is hilarious. Lariat's that, that that steer rope that you use to pull through it. And then also, a few seconds later, he says, Lex Luger, I'm not excited about this.
3: <laughs> well, apparently Which... neither was Tony Schiavone. I mean, right. His reactions to Stan Hansen were hysterical.
1: And then Jim Ross just goes, "Maybe we ought to get Tony a raincoat. If he's going to keep doing interviews with Stan Hansen." I was like, "That's wonderful." At this point, because I, I had paused it, at this point in the show, we were at one hour and twenty-one minutes. We had already had eight matches, five interviews, and a parade. <laughs> and this is like the almost halfway mark. This is they—they <laughs> were packing a lot of heat to the show,
0: and. So we get as soon as these semifinals are up, I'm like, "Oh, these can't be long." You know, these are—they're going to cruise through these things. And yep, up next, who do we get? Conan and Rey Myster- Mysteric, me Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterioso versus the Uncle- Steiners. Yeah, Capetta once again is changing the pronunciation. <laughs> I was really anxious to see
3: if the text was going to change, but nope. It didn't. I was like, oh. Conan is
0: limping. They said he had a knee no, injury. No, his knee hurts. <laughs> so he had a knee injury. Damn it. This is when I noticed Scott Steiner changes trunks. Rick Steiner does not. They Early on, they go for the bulldog from the shoulders, top right. Right off side. the fucking bat, yep. and it looked incredible. Surprise, Conan. Max Moon. Isn't he Max Moon? Yeah. Yeah, he was, right? Yeah, he was. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm sure Ray's bruised leg is this one I wrote. This has got to be from that idiotic plancha that he did earlier. Finish of the match is a power bomb. <laughs> why not? It,
1: it really.
3: It's the whole time. It's literally why not? Yeah, it's a power bomb.
0: Steiner's go over at two minutes and fifty one seconds. I, this one I, although I, I've been up for Steiner squash matches, this one's just really not that good. This is this is basically like. We know we're wrestling again later. Let's just kind of cruise. You know, we don't need to break out all the signatures, maybe one or two. Rating, I give this a three. Um, this is, once again, Rick is laughing at the expense of others, trying to do high-flying moves on him. Um, I'm not sure what way Ray was trying to do, but he, uh... Ray stiffens up and turns it into a... Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Rick stiffens up and he just turns this high-flying move into a power bomb for the win. Uh, just yeah. a real 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 phone in job here but yeah i gave it a 3 jason what do you think of this
1: um i like how indignant raymond stereo is when they're walking down to the ring he's he, he's just like fuck it you can't see his face but his hand gestures these aren't like yeah yeah you're not going to cheers this is like i'm done um the steiners are no longer using the anthem they're coming out for their yeah. own music now um they do a handshake i was like that's cool I'm all for some sportsmanship. Um, what's weird is at the beginning of it, Rick Steiner is doing technical wrestling. Like, I know they can. They talk about their collegiate experience, but you don't think of that with them. Uh, and then Scotty comes in, and the first thing he does is a knee to the gut.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah!
1: yeah. The, the The shoulder bulldog is cool, but at the same time, Conan has not been worked over long enough to not be fighting back for that spot. It's just kind of like, get up there. Okay. Um, it's just while that's going on, Mysterio is just sh- standing in the corner, just shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> <Viva> la <Mexico. laughs> like, like his body language is so expressive. I'm like, is that really Bret Hart under there? Because He's just so <laughs> done with this. It's so bad. Um, the Jim Ross is trying to give the camera guy cues to cut to the the bruise on his leg. Um, because he says, oh, "That bruise on his leg. That bruise on his leg." Man, it would be great to get a shot at that bruise. <laughs> <on> <head. laughs> and that's not me. Like he, he literally says that, and then you see it. And at the same time, them like, oh, you know what? That, you know, we giving Ross a lot of shit. He's at least the only person I think trying to give anybody in this tournament besides the Steiners any up Where he's like, look how, look at this guy's leg. He's still in their fight. You know, hey, it gets some kind of sympathy. This guy's got some kind of heart. Um. The finish happened while I was writing that note about the leg shot, and I had to rewind it, and I was like, really? The Steiners win with a power bomb by Rick? Um, As a so, reversal. Yeah, and you know what he was going for? Ray was going for her Karana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Rick probably oh. saved his... Don't
3: oh. Do this, brother, oh, I didn't man. even put the two and two
0: together. <laughs> yeah. no, no, you're not. <laughs> Mike Tanae will tell you that's probably not a good idea in the future. <laughs> oh,
1: excuse me? <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, <laughs> the
0: old Scott Steinerman. What was
1: that? <laughs> that's it,
3: yeah. No, yeah, I, I, well, I I just didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah,
1: but this was no, no, another, uh, another quick match. You said, what, like two minutes and some change? Yeah.
0: yeah, it's just under three.
1: I've already got my, I gave it a four. Um. So that the timing almost made me lower because that's kind of lazy. But, I mean, really, we need to hurry up and get these out of the way. What would you think of it, Charlie?
3: At the risk of sounding racist. Oh, I, oh, a <laughs> great
2: preface. <laughs>
3: All statements following that are awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And it's because of the way wrestling has programmed my mind. Like, when I see... Get the dump button ready. When, like, when I see a Japanese wrestler, the first thing that comes to my mind, like, in terms of music, is, like, Takamishinoku's theme. You know. Anyway. <laughs> no, stay with me. I didn't notice Ray and Conan's song the first time, but I sure as shit did the second time. Because I was like, yeah, I wonder what music they're playing for Ray and Conan. I'm like, I'll pay attention to it. And, you know, you're expecting, you know, that da 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 you know, your yeah. favorite, or the, yeah. or maybe La Cucaracha, or something <laughs> something close to that. Dude, it sounded like Lord Steven Regal's music when they came to the ring. Is <laughs> this the National
1: <laughs> Anthem of Mexico.
3: Was that what that was? I've actually never even heard it.
1: Is yeah, that true, so. Jason?
0: Coming off the top rope Jason. here <laughs> <laughs> and connecting.
3: Really? Okay.
1: To... Okay. Did you think their national anthem was like? No, I, I did not think
3: the not... <laughs> <laughs> like. I guess what threw me off was because the Steiners didn't come out to the national anthem more than once. So I'm like, okay, well, like, what other, what other music are we using here? You know, what are they that, coming uh, out to <laughs> and justice <Aaron> for all. <laughs> 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 like, you got, you got the candies coming out to old Canada, you know, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah, hey, you write that off, like, hey, you know, fuck <laughs> bullshit Johnson over here in the Mantar. All right,
3: <laughs> I'm glad I brought it up. <laughs> so, that turned out pretty well. That, that, was, that wasn't bad. So anyway, so it's the, the, uh, Mexican national anthem. Okay, um... I pretty much have everything else you guys already mentioned. I love the top rope, uh, bulldog, and the the power bomb was just funny to me. Uh, but the match, it's it's just a bullshit match in this long ass tournament. Uh, I gave it a three. Yeah,
0: that's all right. So Tony is with Doom talking about the street fight for the tag team titles. Um, I love the Doom shirts. I want yes, one those are Doom cool shirts. Uh, Ron Simmons talked about how they were born losers turned into winners since they have the belts. And Butch Reed says he created street matches. So there. Oh yeah, he did say he created, he created, street, created. street matches. <laughs> I just
3: let that go. I was I like,
1: know.
3: now he's just saying. Oh, it. you yeah. did? No. Did you? This is why we need two Butch Reads.
2: <laughs> <What? laughs>
1: This is a big moment because this is continuity in WCW. There's not that much of it because Teddy Long was Ric Flair's limo driver yes. because he doom lost the contest. So for some reason, Teddy Long takes Ric Flair to a ghetto in St. Louis that's full of Vietnam vets that <laughs> drag Ric Flair out of the limo. Um, I don't know. Are we supposed to believe that that was set up by Teddy Long?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what's weird. It's like yeah, it's right like right a double setup. Out there. Yeah. It's weird. It's almost like Ric Flair, though, knows because of reasons later. Because it's a yeah. reason to get him off the card. So it's like, hey, baby, I know this guy's gonna be taking me somewhere. Can you have some guys ready for me to stage this thing out? See, Ocean's Eleven, the whole damn thing, yeah. it seems like. It and seems he it's a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: to the parser shop. Yeah.
0: It's a really interesting, like, bit of double foolery here or whatever. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So that, they they do the promo. We've got the match uh, coming up in a little bit. But up next, uh, and Jason, you get, yeah, you get impressive. You get this one. This is a really good, I think this is a pretty cool match. It's Lex Luger with his doom portrait overhead, as you so nicely put on Twitter. That was a good call. Versus Stan Hansen for the United States Championship in a Texas Lariat match.
1: Wait a did well, we skip the tag I would match? love to cover this match. However, we missed I'm one. So we missed Russia up. versus Japan. Put down the bottle, <laughs> will ya? <laughs> Bun- dun- dun-
3: dun- dun. So, so you get the Dave Bit-
0: you get the day Bitcoin match of the night. <laughs> I was
3: about to say, Oh, whoa, oh. Whoa, did Will really like this match? <laughs> yes,
0: son of a bitch. Um <laughs> Hey man, it's okay. But, honestly, when I <clears throat> when you call up the Shem Creek Inn with a really bad Nick Nolte accent, <laughs>
2: I knew you didn't know.
3: (laughs) You motherfucker, that was you? Wait. You motherfucker.
0: We're going to have a conversation off air. You bastard. I called it. (laughs) Moving on. Okay.
1: God damn it. Man, I got to hear this when we're done. Another one of those I'll tell you off-air stories. I know some uh, the shit out of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you knew it was me. I didn't! Because at the end I said, thanks, man. I
3: heard that, but I was, it threw me off. I was like, "Fucker, <laughs>
0: <laughs> You asshole. <laughs> so we got uh, Victor Zangief and Josh Hatsimokov against the Moon and Saito. Uh, in the Pat O'Connor tournament.
1: That's right. I'm still confused while we're naming a tag team tournament after a singles world champion, but, <laughs> no. you know. I'm uh, also, up i Was mean, he the like a Dan Conner
3: tournament? Dan Conner <laughs> <Dan laughs> memorial
1: <laughs> <laughs> invitation?
0: Yeah, I, I don't, exactly. Like, I don't know if that's a regional thing. It probably is a regional thing.
1: I, I so, don't know, but, I mean, I don't It's uh, the, the thing is, is I was more into this match than any other match that come before him. Because these two teams had, like, it, it was a great contrast to styles. And it was really good. I mean, you got a lot of mat wrestling. You're getting really good power moves from both teams. Because is a powerhouse. The Russians are, like, flipping and bending these guys around. Um, it, It's just, it, it helped to establish that either one of these teams may win, probably the one with the people you know, but still, and that they may be, whichever one of these teams win, are going to pose as a challenge for the Steiners. Um, I, I know we talked about how some of these matches just need to move the hell on. I wish this match was just like maybe two to three minutes longer to get a little bit more um, because it's just kind of over with, but I, I gave this match a seven.
2: Oh! No, no bueno! No! Dios
1: mio. <laughs> hey. This, this match is I'm sorry, like mechanically, I, I was a fan of this match.
0: I'd rather watch mechanics work. I'd rather this. watch the mechanic with Jason Singh. Jesus, man, that's that's off the top of the cage. Foley! No! Keesler with the Alabama jam from the top of the cage. <laughs> uh I couldn't be Wow. B-
3: I couldn't be bothered to write down their names. I just, I, I was like, Zang, fuck it. I just put Russia. <laughs> Russia? Russia versus Muda and Saito. Um, I wrote, once again, two-note match. Suplexes and hard hitting. It's a four out of ten.
0: Okay. Um, I do get, like, I do get where you're coming from, though, Jason, and to a degree, because the, once again, the, The technical side of the wrestling is really good. There is zero connection with the crowd, though, again.
1: True. Well, let me ask ask you guys this question. Did you watch this all in one or two settings?
0: I don't think any human alive could do that. I did this in, I think, three. I think I did it in three,
1: yeah. I did it where I was trying to do it after work every day, and I'm still accustoming to getting up at really early. So I would come home and intend to like yeah. finish do two or three, and like there was a stretch where I was only getting one match. So even with these short ones, so literally like this, the day I watched this match, I had not watched anything before it, and only watched another match after it. Um. So I mean, maybe it's because I wasn't sitting through a, you know, a, a sludge, and this came through. But I mean, or it didn't have connection. Like, I mean, that's I was just more into the match itself. I mean, notice I don't have any of my normal jokey dumb shit that Jim Ross or Paulie are saying. Or, no crowd stuff. It was just this was the match. I don't know. Well, all right. Let me take a step back.
0: My favorite match of all time is Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam '91. It is a fantastic technical match, and yet they still find a way to point it towards yeah. the crowd, so that there's that little, there's that, there's that connection piece with it. Now, let's just—I mean, it's not like Bret Hart is this reservoir of charisma, okay? No doubt, no, no, no doubt about it. But. At least in that, there's at least enough to where, like, you got a bit of an emotional investment in there. I just can't say that, um, uh, David Zangief or whatever, Victor Zangief, what's his name? I don't know his, first, I forgot his first name. Uh, Nelson? <laughs> Nelson Zangief. <laughs> They're fantastic wrestlers. Like, I, it, it would have been awesome to see Kurt Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar team up against these guys. I uh, just to see, you know, just some straight up, this is going to be an amateur match. I just, it's just unfortunate because I just don't think the thing that hurt all the other matches besides just doing Steiners versus Saito and Muda is that their filler matches, these guys are not really accustomed to this biggest stage, it seems like, or maybe they're just not accustomed to professional wrestling in general. I just don't see a lot of really good crowd connection. I think that's super important in professional wrestling. Like, it, there has to be that connection. But I mean, like, I mean, I still, I mean, I I didn't drop it to a two. I gave it a three because I still think, like, they had overall a a, a pretty good technical match going back and forth. I mean, heck, I think I gave it the same as the Steiners in their match, you know, but it's kind of weird. Like, that one tried to go like 100% connection because we're not going to do any technical wrestling. But, you gotta have both. I mean, it's just, this whole thing's such a waste of time, because the thing that sucks is that we knew from Clash 13 it's like, oh, this is gonna be the Steiners versus Saito and Muda, all the way. But we gotta go through all this other crap just to get there, including a parade, as you pointed out so nicely. So, yeah, um, that's about all I can say about it. So there we go. Okay.
1: What's your rating?
0: I gave it a three. I gave it a three. <clears throat> I gave it a three. It it's definitely a three. better than what, I'm trying to remember which one I give the two was it the oh it was probably Chris Adams Norm Smiley and the uh, against Conan and oh, Ray's uncle that yeah it was definitely better than that
2: <laughs> Ray's uncle
0: um and then after this I got out of order after this was
3: sorry yeah cause uh yeah right, Suvani so, had interviewed the yeah, horseman yeah
0: so let's yeah so what um what happened before this match was Tony with the horseman Uh, I don't know what they're doing with these neon horseman shirts those definitely were like, okay, we'll take a stab at the times here and see if this goes over. Um Time stab back. We this and <laughs> we see the footage of Flair getting jumped and getting taken over by the St. Louis local street militia. And uh then after this match is where they would do the Tony with the Doom bit. So we've get we've gotten two interview bits with the Horseman and with Doom respectively. Building towards one hell of a, a match in terms of just the build to it. And that's what we've got um That's what we've got next year, Charles, Barry Wyndham and Arn Anderson taking on uh, shit. I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. God damn it! Three
2: for
3: three. Let let me help you. Fuck. All right. It's for the United States title.
0: Yeah, it is. It's Lex Luger with the Doom portrait overhead, taking on Stan Hansen in a Texas Lariat match. Fuck.
3: Uh, No, I gotta lift lift everything up. Okay. Well, it's a good thing because this is a good match. Yeah. Finally, uh, the chaw coming out of Stan Hansen's mouth is just just so disgusting. I love it. Uh, there's a, a chair shot that I don't remember. Uh, I, I love this. I, I I, never know in matches like this if this is on purpose or not. Luger went for a cover. Yeah. He it's... threw him into the turnbuckle and hit him with a clothesline, I remember, and then he went for the cover, and then, it, oh, mm-mm-mm. You know, just, oh, yeah. You know, it reminds me of the biggest, the, the one of all is Randy Savage covering Yoko in the Royal Rumble, <laughs> and then Yoko just pushed him right over the top rope, and that was the end. But uh, <clears throat> Hanson, man, this is the kind of match, the way that it's booked, you would never see this today. Uh, Hanson actually hangs Lex Luger over the top rope, and and it looks pretty rough.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And he, he actually, it, he hangs him a couple of times, like... In terms of, like, wrapping the rope around his throat and dragging him around the ring. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to drag him to all four. Luger wouldn't let him do that. But he did. I was like, holy shit. kind of made me appreciate Luger. And I'll say this right now. The chemistry between these two is so fucking good. Uh, This might be a contender, a new contender for me at least, for my favorite Lex Luger feud. I, I really like them, well, the way they work together. The finish for the match... It might seem clunky or WCW style of goofy Dusty Rhodes type finish. I loved the finish, I really did. That Randy Anderson, before he got knocked out, saw Luger hit the post, and then of course didn't come to which, for, but for whatever reason, Nick Patrick didn't. You know, like like there's uh, there's that part. Um, I I really I really dug it. This was this was probably the best match on the show, and yet I still gave it a six. I give this
0: a six. I got you.
1: All right, sure. um, Jason, what'd you think of this? Man, this match was fun. Um, it starts out being so fun because Luger's Starcade stat sheet says he's six foot tall and, 200, <laughs> and 275 pounds. Can you imagine a six foot tall, 275 pound guy who looks like Lex? <laughs> Where are your legs?
2: <laughs>
1: torso and knees. Um... Stan Hansen coming out to the ring and he's like Triple H spitting his chaw. Oh my god, that's great. And it's such a big piece. It looks like at one point he does a profile right before the match starts. I'm like, I hope he takes it out. It looks like he's got a small rat just hanging out of his mouth. Um, he's just so into it. And then it's just, bam, this match is right off the bat. They are just, as soon as the straps are on, they are beating the shit out of each other. Which is what, at this point, what I'd want to see. Um, it, from these two it's just it, Hanson talked all this great shit Lex is like oh, I'm trying to get my belt back these two just going at it Lex goes for the pin um you know it's just I don't know it's just it, it's just uh. then right after the pin though we get uh, a belly to bag from Stan Hansen, and it's probably the worst one I've ever seen and Jim Ross right after it says Hansen is not known for his suplex flexibility um you know, it's like, hey, maybe he throws around those Japanese guys. The hanging spot, like, it looks brutal, but the, it's a camera shot kind of gives it away. Now, if you were on the op- or if you were on, sitting on hard cam side watching it, it would probably look like scary and fantastic where it's just going. But I mean, I don't know if, if Lex is six foot five, he's okay. If he's only six feet, he's in trouble. So I'm not sure what's going on. I'm a big fan of Stan Hansen's elbow from the bottom rope. Like, he doesn't have to jump, but he gets to fall further. He just stands up and collapses. Um, Hanson's chaw spit that just rips down his belly and his chest washes off through the match just like Sting's makeup would. I'm like, that's kind of cool. You get to see Stan go through the whole thing. Um, now, this is a, a question that I really need answered. Maybe you guys can If you're holding the ropes when you're doing a leg drop, does that make the leg drop hurt worse? Like, when you're doing a submission or going for a pin, are you getting leverage? thinking if you're doing
3: a submission or a leg drop
1: no no if you're doing a leg drop does it just like if you were to do a submission because there's that point where lex is giving stan hands he gives him three leg drops and he's holding the ropes for some reason
3: the only thing i can think of is that you could push yourself up with the rope and it could give you extra elevation other than that i think it's just lex being lex (laughs) yeah that's where it's getting, it doesn't um,
0: look like he's buying time for something. Yeah, like he it kind of because it's when it gets up to three of them, it's like okay, but right. You know.
1: This is right before the ref. This is where he's setting that up because then I mean this is a well timed ref bump because of, of the where it has to go and Randy Anderson just stuck between Lex and that turnbuckle, and it's like at Lex with all that pulling momentum trying to pull Hanson into it, and so he just he creams him, and then it's. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of torn with whether or not I think this is a, a good end or a bad end to a match because of Nick Patrick coming in and immediately starting right. things back over as far as the post count. Um, so this is a legitimate question, unlike the joking about the leverage with the leg drop. In wrestling, when one ref is incapacitated to the point where they can no longer officiate the match and the uh, another ref has to come in, should the original ref then have any say when they're able to either regain consciousness... You're getting into
0: dusty finish territory there because how many times have we seen the reverse where the replacement ref comes in, he counts it down for the face, the face wins, and then the original ref is like, no, it's a DQ, I got hit. I remember Earl Hebner doing that a lot. So many times they would do this, especially with dusty roads, it felt like. And I love that this match is the reverse. It actually makes refs look pretty smart. Except that Nick yeah. Patrick wasn't watching the modern. Oh, he's a more He, of he, course. He was taking a They make shit the replacement different. ref look like an idiot. Nicholas, you gotta get out
3: there. It's Andrews usually they down. make the
0: first ref look yeah. like the idiot. You know.
3: I was actually invested. I was like, oh, not like that. Not like this. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of had that yeah.
1: thing going. I was like,
3: oh, Luger won! Oh, that's great!
1: <clears throat> uh, and the cool thing is is, is Paulie then, I mean, he brings up something that just happened recently to help kind of justify the ref coming in and restarting the match where he said, well, why not? We restarted the match for staying at Halloween Havoc. So, I mean, even though there's all the other cluster, he's got a point. Um, But I mean, like this was, this was probably, um, I'm for sure. It's the, probably the best Lex match we've watched in all of our seasons with Lex. Um, As far as just being into it, I was blown away um, by how much I was into it. I gave this match an eight. I
0: think the only match that comes close to what you're saying is him against Flair at Clash 12. It was really good. Luger and uh, and Flair had a really good match on that Clash when it was Flair trying to get back to the number one contendership for the for the world title by winning the US title. I think that one's close. I have this at a seven. I all my notes have been basically said. I do think Luger Luger looks like such a good babyface. Yeah. Like battling back against this monster of a dude, and the only thing that's just just funky is that even at the end of it when he does his little interview and he says um it, he's happy he's won the belt back but it's not over i'm like no no it's over you need to move on <laughs> you need to move on like it is like as brilliant as in, in terms of execution as the finish in terms of timing and everything again it's like i would have the only i would have liked is if luger he overcame it on his own without any of this other stuff happening. That would have been really cool just to really solidify him. But nevertheless, I applaud their execution. I gave it a seven. What'd you give it, Chuck? Six. 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 Yeah, this goes 10 13. It really does maximize that time, too. I think this is really fucking good. Mm -hmm. It's a damn good match. And I think if I remember right, there are two matches that Meltzer gives three and a quarter. I think it's this one and the tag match we're going to get later. He gives one match. Four stars. I think you can figure out by process of elimination what I'm talking about. All right, so now we go to our next match. It is for the World Tag Team Championship. Yeah, I already covered the interview, so I'm not going to go over that again. Is Barry Windham and Arn Anderson taking on the team of Doom in a street fight? Everyone's. I love that no one's wearing trunks. They're all wearing jeans. No I, tag I, format has been turned on. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Capetta says no rules. For us, so just uh, just to reinforce it, but um, all right. So, you just did that. One. Yep. So, Jason, you get you still get a good match. You get a great match. You get a really really good match here. Take it away. Everything man.
1: coming up, Jay. yeah. Um, everybody, like, it, I was like, oh look, Lex got his mask. I guess he started bitching about why don't I have one? Sting has one, but then the Horsemen have Doom faces. Doom has Doom faces. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, I did have, like, several minutes of uncontrollable laughter when the Starcade stat sheet for Doom is just a picture of Teddy Long. I don't know why it's funny. It's like, Teddy Long's holding a world, the world tag belt. I was like, where's Doom? Again, Ron Simmons can't get a picture in this stupid fucking pay-per-view. It's not making any sense. Um, the, this is a brutal-ass match, and I did have new Jack flashbacks if you're talking about Freaking digging belt buckles into people's foreheads, and yep. then taking the clip part of the belt and putting it in between your knuckles, like you're getting ready to puncture somebody. Um, it's bad. Uh, it gets so bad that Jim Ross can't tell Ron Simmons and Butch Reed apart, of who's fighting Barry Windham or Arn Anderson. Um, and you know, you hear Austin complain about oh, these guys. Just DDT is just another move. Barry Windham gives a pretty good looking DDT that he doesn't even go for a cover. Like, it's just another move to him. It's just part of his setup and, and goes for it. It's like, hmm. But uh, the the brutality of the match is really good. It's still heel versus heel, I guess. Um, even with the whole discombobulation, like, I don't know who to root against. I'm rooting for both teams because I like the Horsemen and I like Doom. Um, so that kind of hits a little bit. The one thing, here we go, we get like a flashback two to ECW with a ref doing dueling pin counts, Um, only it's two separate teams both initiating a pin, and so I don't understand why Nick Patrick did that, especially after he counts the three count. He then stands up and goes, what? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you <laughs> fucked yourselves! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, But to be honest, Barry Windham, let's go with that roll-up before the three count. So, I mean, clearly there's a winner. Doom wins. Um, The Replay gives that away, too. But we still get a uh, another Doom Horseman non-finish to their match. Uh, as the, Even though the match is, we don't know if it's over, is it over, everyone fights to the back until they get to the stage and then go their separate ways. Um, it's still fun, but I gave it a 7.5. Okay, Charlie,
3: what'd you think? I really like Doom. I, I really like this team. It was a team I was... a uh entirely unfamiliar with until we started this season um let's talk about this so <clears throat> so if you were to do a shoulder block from a standing position on the mat it's football tackle but if you do the same move but off the top rope it's a shoulder block so you're you don't like the discrepancy i don't like that at all why the fuck is that why what why does jr do that it's like oh yeah, because it's Butch Reed. Butch Reed d- does a top rope shoulder block. That's what he does. Yeah. And and it's not a football tackle anymore. It's it's a top rope shoulder block. I I I'm, I I just hate this. Maybe because in football you maybe, don't go off the top rope. Yeah. But it's the same, the, same oh. damn move. It's not. We're, there's no ball here. Like like. Well, I just don't understand it. I don't understand why What's he has for, between a
0: Hurricane Ron and a Uh
3: One's done by Fra- Scott Steiner. <laughs> <and> the other <laughs> and one's done, done by, by.
0: But but interchangeably, people. I've been credited with that move being called a Frankensteiner when they're doing it and they're not Scott Steiner. We've heard that before. I mean, that's back in the early 90s when there wasn't well, another name. I'd say more in the late 90s too, like when the cruiserweights were out there. We've heard Frankensteiner, like it's a lazy commentary thing. They will yeah. sometimes call it a Frankensteiner when not Scott Steiner. But I've noticed
3: differences it. with the move too. Like Scott Steiner, if it's a big guy, he has to do a Hurricane Rana. If it's a Frankensteiner, it's a pretty definitive like, end of a move. Like, a. a the way Hurricane Rana kind of developed over time was it eventually just became a roll up move. Rey Mysterio used to use that as that was a much better finisher than the Six One Nine when he would jump off the top rope and then just hook you real fast with a Hurricane Rana. Yeah. Like I love that. Yeah. I mean, so there, there's a bit of a difference there. It's just it's just this discrepancy of Jr. Just constantly he's working zero in on this. Then you he's, 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 <laughs> he's working in these fucking football references. Oh, you can play for the University of Michigan? Don't give a shit. Dude, <laughs> like I don't I really don't care. I don't, you, don't, you don't hear this shit from, like, Al Michaels calling a fucking football game. You know, he used to be uh, an amateur collegiate pro wrestler, and uh, or he used to play pro You know,
0: he used to play street hockey when he was to, younger. You're right. He was pretty deadly. He was on the Mighty, mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, ugh. The vicious right wing in the cul-de-sac.
3: <laughs> so to get off that, I like Arn Anderson and I like Barry Windham, but I don't like them as a team. They're the same type of wrestler. They're the exact same type of wrestler. And I think that throws off the chemistry with doom. And we'll get to this later, but it should have been Flair. I think with Flair, and if you're going to do blood in the match, like, oh, he's your guy. And I think the chemistry could have worked out a lot better. Oh, and to top it all off, uh, in the beginning, uh, when they came out, I noticed the music here, too. It sounded like LaGrange. I
0: put ZZ Top. Yeah. I I said exactly, I said, are they coming out to ZZ Top?
3: It sounded like ZZ Top, which, you know, I think of ZZ Top, and I think of Demi Moore, you know, taking her top off. And uh, (laughs) it's... So I can just see. Strip tease.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I fucking know the you, movie. You've ever, ever seen
1: it? <laughs> You've heard of it. I'm glad you straightened it out for like, the people that don't know. Like,
0: what is
3: that? For, well, yeah. Okay. So for our audience, yeah. She does a strip tease to Lagrange. I thought it was in. uh...
0: What, what, what was the. G.I.J.? Now and Then. I thought we were talking about Now and Then there for a second. <laughs> Jesus. That's <laughs> a good movie. Anyway. Sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
3: Okay. Um, yep, I wrote brutal
0: bullshit. Uh, JR calls Pauly stupid at one point. Yeah. You're stupid. <laughs> well, to be fair, earlier Paulie Dangerously, when when JR says it makes a comment about the referee, he's like, you were a referee once, huh? He's like, so that's why you're a commentator now. You were that good, weren't you? You were that good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Well, Paulie then threatens JR with his phone,
3: you know, the typical Polly. So let's talk about this finish. Let's talk about this stupid fucking thing. So... The two teams cover at opposite times. I think that uh, Doom, because once again, the replay betrays all. There was one team that clearly made the first cover with like a, a second. And yet Nick Patrick just... And he just counts them both out. And then just, well, I guess, I guess that's the end of that. Rings the bell. And that's bad enough. Because it's like there was clearly one guy who covered his the opposing team before the other guy did. But uh, <laughs> later on we'll hear it in like another match that uh some group of executives or something have looked at the replay and they concur with Nick Patrick's decision it's just a bunch of stevie wonders up there they don't know what the fuck's going on it's so dumb it's so stupid and it ruined this match cuz the match for it was really tough watching some of the stuff because, yeah, I was having my ECW flashbacks also, and I wasn't expecting that with WCW. And so the violence is is kind of fun to watch. But once again, it's another stupid non-finish with Doom. I did not like
0: this match. I, I didn't at all. I gave it a four. I have a four as well. It's a, This match goes 7-19. Meltzer gives us four stars. He loves this Bullshit. match. Bullshit. Yeah, big, big fan of this match, apparently. Um, I hate that there's no finish for Doom. Like this Exactly. Is, this is supposed to get them over because the horsemen are the horsemen. Right. They don't. They don't. They're not going to get any more over than they already are. But Doom needed. They needed a finish here, or they needed to win definitively over them. To, because then otherwise everything from the beginning that we've seen with Doom, with the exception of Cla- or exception of Great American Bash where they wrestled the Rock and Rolls, everything has been about this feud, and to give them nothing, and to I guess to imply that well, because at the same now I'm wondering well what are we going to do next? Because usually is a cage match the next logical step? I think they say
3: that. Don't, doesn't J- Jerry yeah I think Pauli he
0: does yeah and I'm like ugh, I'm so tired I'm so tired they were they had a hard
3: time beating Arn and Flair the two the the one and two guy in the, the horseman yeah they can't even beat the two guy with the number four guy in right. my opinion right. like it
0: makes Doom look stupid they should have won the match they needed to because otherwise like the, the match is pretty hard hitting at the same time like it feels a lot longer than that 719 i'll be honest i feel like That's it all it, it was yeah oh man It feels a lot longer than that cuz it does get kind of derivative after a while like it's the same kind of sequence here and there although i do love at one point butch reed i swear um he takes a real chance by like not helping ron simmons out of the like he sees simmons i, I think simmons eats the i think simmons eats it, the superplex yeah. and, and butch just kind of waits on that top rope He's like oh, he'll kick out it's like, <laughs> yeah, dude. I was waiting for it. Dude. I don't know, man. Like you pulled that <laughs> shit in the video game, right? That would There's be. There's a good chance. But Yeah. Um. It's a real bummer. Like I, 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 I hated giving this a four because I was I was pretty excited for it because I liked that. I was like, man, they're really gonna. And of course, everyone gigs within like two minutes. Everyone's like, fuck it. I. Wyndham's is my favorite. You see him just go. We <laughs> I mean, just open up the ketchup back and on set immediately. Just say, I've got it going, baby. So um. Yeah, this is uh, the stupid thing. I wrote that after this match. I think they... I think they're... Reinfor- like, like, Dangerously stays on this for a bit. Paul's with it. He's like, yeah. stupid. It was. Stupid. <laughs> and he hangs with it. Get a promo for WrestleWar91. We get a couple of these. Boy, they really ended they're really into... They're fun. Oh, yeah. I
3: want to know who Sid's going to war with. Like, because he's like, we're going to war. Like, who's going to war? Like, what? We are. <laughs> <laughs> they're predicting Desert Storm. Like... <laughs> Like, and then Sting has the best, like, because we, I think we get this twice, but it just, this, best Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, let's finish this damn thing. Now, I actually goofed. I gave Jason that last match. I should have taken it, because that was the correct order. So, you take this one. I can if you want. It's not a big deal. I mean, like, okay. Hold well, well, let me see my notes. Oh, I've got some notes.
3: You want to do this one? You can if you want. Yeah, well, I don't really right. care. I'll, I'll, take far, it. I'll It's take the
0: it. finals. It's the Great muda and uh, Mr. Saito versus the Steiner brothers and the Pat O'Connor. And th- this is this is where Capetta, he says, the winner will be the international tag team champion. So I guess the universal thing kind of got bumped. So there you go. Have have at it, my friend. I think it's, Are you going to get in there with this? <laughs> Colorado
3: tie up. Okay, um, you heard of it? I, I've seen, I, I've seen the movie. All right, so okay, belly to belly. Uh, there's a bell shot that's done on. I believe Muda hits Rick Steiner with it, uh, and this is kind of funny because uh, this is a rare occurrence in a Steiner match. Rick's earmuffs come off. His earmuffs? Oh, his, his, his fucking, <laughs> fucking earmuffs. Ear ear Is he
0: cold? <laughs> <laughs> so damn cold in these arenas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: add that at the end. <laughs> All right, his ear protective gear. Fucking, it, it just. It's, 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 he's a dog. I don't know. <laughs> he's a gremlin. He's a gremlin. He's a dog face gremlin. Well, we don't see him lose them but we do see him like because the camera cuts to the ring and then it cuts back out and there's Rick on the floor without them and then you just see them kind of fly into the frame
1: <laughs> i like the thing he summoned them like thor's hammer he I feel just like it like R2-D2 shot him out well, of well
3: it was very zucker <laughs> brothers movie you just kind of like like you know like the airplane bit with the with the coat it was just like oh
0: here you go the just comes from the ceiling down onto him. <laughs> like vader's helmet yeah
3: uh, old vader
0: um okay
3: this is where I had a, I had an issue with Paulie's commentary. Paulie makes a complaint that this referee, who is uh, also Japanese, uh, like like Saito and uh, Muda, that he won't be impartial.
0: Which is a Tory, by the way. We'll just say who that is. It's tori. Oh, right, it's a tori. Oh, it was. Yeah, Hanzo, Hanzo, oh, Hanzo. I... Yeah, you made a fucking sword. He <laughs> became the referee. Too.
1: You going to kill Bill? Good.
3: So he complains that the ref will, will be impartial. And then the ref is impartial. He does exactly what Paul was afraid he would do. And then Paul notices that he did this and he goes, "I was wrong about him." And he apologizes for being wrong. That his prediction for the ref was what came true. He was right. I don't I don't know what he did. I, I think I guess he goofed up his wording. Um there's a spike pile driver done to Scott Steiner that looks pretty cool. Yeah. And I have no memory as to how this match ended.
0: It ends with Rick catching Mr. Saido with a top rope sunset flip. what oh, yeah. a lame finish for the Steiners.
3: That's like something for like two 10.52. Cool.
0: <laughs> it's long, and it
3: certainly feels like it, because you're like, oh, maybe this will be the one match. In the Pat O'Connor Memorial Invitational, this is right? what we built this the whole is, damn yeah. thing towards. Because it's like this is the whole, this is the only match I really wanted to see out of the whole thing. And you guessed it, it sucks. I gave this a three. Really? I Man, you that. hit this hard, huh? This okay. was
0: bad. Jason, did you like this one?
1: We'll see. <laughs> it's a uh, Charlie hit like a lot of the big beats. Uh, I will give this. Muda is the first and only guy I think I've ever seen. To actually check to see if his dick fell off after getting racked. Yes, on the rope.
0: it's so funny. It's one of the weirdest things. Somebody got right. my dick off. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, That's
1: what with my head, but not just because, like, ha, ha 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 His dick. You're in a match with the Steiners, and you're taking a second to do a comedy spot. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like going, ha ha, fuck you. Uh, is is what's going on. Um, this match does exemplify how rules in wrestling hurt babyfaces because Saito is, or sorry, Hitori is doing the right thing where he's making Scotty leave because Scotty's the first one to come in. So he's not standing back and watching it. He's immediately taking action. And then during the whole time where he's pushing Scotty out, it's like, that's when Muda and Saito are in there doing their double team stuff. And it's great. And I think that's maybe where it's not where Paul got confused is Paul's Hittori following the rules explicitly though is favoring who turned out to be the bad guys by default because they're not USA, USA, USA. Um I think that's where it's going. Um, this is the match that we were waiting for. This is the match really should have been they should have just told us that all these other qualifying matches happened somewhere else. And maybe we had like the two uh semifinal matches and that's it. And then this match instead of fucking all the tournament except Africa versus South Africa. Um, on this match, or excuse me, on this show, but uh, I still don't get why Muda was just standing on the turnbuckle. Like we just, you guys just called out like where Butch Reed had so much faith in Ron Simmons getting up from the superplex, but he was setting up for a move. Muda's just up there posing like they fucking won, but I don't remember any near fall or anything right before that that could cause confusion. Yeah. And during that time is where here we go, we have the Steiners win a match with not the Frankensteiner again at a sunset roll up flip. Thing? No. Um gave this match a three and a half. Yeah, I I'm right
0: with you guys. Like it it was def. I have it at a four. I'll just go ahead and say it to move along that point. But yeah For this to be essentially as hyped up as it was, and they did from this this the very beginning, they pretty much sold us that these were the favorites to get into the finals. It's a match it just it and I think maybe part of it is the fact that we have slugged through so many up to this point. But at the same time, like they gave they gave him a lot of time. And it just doesn't just doesn't ultimately deliver as much as it should. It really and it that finish is just so wild. I would I would expect it Mood at least take the Frankensteiner. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But you know i agree um, just during the match at least, not just on the apron. Yeah. Or the- <laughs> there, I, I love I, what happens after the match.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the match, yeah, they. <laughs> oh, the promo. Oh, yeah, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where like, it's like Scott Steiner just man, he's he, on did, some kind of no, delay. I well, he's. I it's the beginning of his feud against the English language. I think. Yeah, it's it starts on this yeah. night. <laughs> it's like
3: when you got a weird audio problem in the first like the first syllable gets cut out of the dialogue for whatever yeah. reason. In fact, like, let's just get to let's that. that cause get, I, don't yeah, have anything, to
0: I don't really have anything more to say about the match. It's fine. I do love that Jim Ross says, oh, the referee's the correct mythology instead of methodology. It's very, very good. It's a great, <laughs> <The> great mythology. <laughs> mythology of being a referee. Medusa! <laughs> Nick Patrick She's looked coming. at him and he turned into a stone. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Anderson had journeyed through hell to get Nick Patrick off of you know, the, the bench or whatever, like Theseus or but, whatever.
1: But he turned around and looked. And he turned into a pillar of salt. Oh, we're missing
0: <laughs>
1: The legend of Earl Hebner. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I did it.
0: So we go up to Tony, and the flag women are gathered with the trophy. The flag.
1: <laughs> women. I hate his that's The
3: what... flag women. I
1: ha- yes, I have a lot to say about this. Please go. Let's they're, go. They're
0: gathered with the trophy to congratulate the Steiners. Jim Hurd gets on the mic and blabbers on before Scott Snyder puts English language in a Frankensteiner, first butchering butchering the name of the town they're in. Hey, like like say,
3: we're in Des Moines? Yeah, this, well he this, says this,
0: Saint Saint Legrier, <laughs> wherever And the crowd is like ready to pop for the hometown pop moment and they're like Oh. And then he forgets which relative fought in Korea. Oh, yeah,
3: his own relative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's my uncle. My grandfather. My great-grand... Yeah, my my uncle.
0: My sister. My That's uncle. She's saying. my sister and my mother. <laughs>
3: Who is it? It's
0: yeah. My brother. Rick fought in Korea. I want a match with a two count. It, they do the out It's so funny if Rick starts slapping him. <laughs> it starts starts, it's my grandfather. It's my uncle. It's my uncle and my grandfather. What? what? Oh, my God.
1: That explains a lot.
0: So, yeah. All uh, right, Jason, what, tell me what your notes are on
1: this. All right. The reason why is this is uh, is this, but uh, does Shivani have notes or something tucked into his cummerbund? Because when he turns around to hand off the microphone to Jim Hurd, it looks like Tony has a giant erection that he's had to tuck into his cummerbund to keep from showing. Now, what's great though is on the behind Scott Steiner, more like Dave Dick Coin. (laughs) uh, No, no, no. Wait, wait. Behind Scott Steiner, I can't figure out what flag the chick is holding, but there's Scott Steiner. He's a physically fit dude in spandex, and this is during the, the still, from what I remember, women being really into buns. But this chick is straight staring a hole through Shivani's whatever erection. It is fucking hilarious. Like she is eating him up. She is super thirsty for Tony Shavani, and it's like it's just the whole time. It's so awkward because she's just. This standing is the
3: greatest there. night,
2: right
1: in but the history of this I think, house. I think, I think he notices it because at some point he stands. And you remember in the uh, uh, that Mel Gibson movie, "What Women Want," when she starts thinking, "Don't look, don't look," and then he goes and kind of thrusts and puts it out there. Yeah. Shavani does yeah. the little strut to like put his like ah, there it is. Like it is. Fucking hilarious! We're out, we're out of time. The time machines rolling. Zip. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is awesome because this whole time, while this is going on, Jim Hurt is just meandering. Calls the Steiner's super heavyweights. <laughs> he
2: I <didn't> realize,
3: did. <laughs> I did a double take when I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> Those super
1: heavyweights. Fat asses. <laughs> they're not Crash Holly. Um and then the Steiner's win this tournament that we have all struggled to survive through and there's this massive trophy and they just leave it there and walk away. Yeah.
0: I, I mean I was shocked it did not become a part of the match. I thought easily cuz I, I had I had WrestleMania 4 flashbacks yeah. like the trophy will become part of this and it didn't. So. Yeah. All right. Well Jason that sets you up then man. Huh. Let's let's go uh, let's. I. I Gary Capetta is going to introduce Dick the Bruiser, dress up as Popeye, as Paul uh, points out for us. We won't talk about the storyline because that will give away the reveal. So let's go through the match and then we'll talk about this Black Scorpion storyline and how we got to this point. So it's the finale. It's finally here. It's the World Heavyweight Championship in a steel cage, the Black Scorpion taking on Sting.
1: All right. Um,. I don't think that Dick the Bruiser looks like Popeye at all. He looks like Tugbo if he wore a blue shirt. He um,
0: looks like Ralphus. Go. Dick the like Bruiser. Blue? More like Dick the Loser. <laughs> oh, no. Is that Ben
2: Stiller?
0: Uh. <laughs> was Was it his good as was I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> so... Um, The good news is, is we're going to get a lot of time to hear this. But I really like how they added a nice little funky bass riff to the Black Scorpions. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm suddenly into the Black Scorpion. Isn't this this
0: entrance is right out of like 2013? Like this is way ahead of its time in terms of extravagance. Yes,
1: Yes, it it is. I mean, it's. I was like, man, is this a WrestleMania entrance? Uh, Because here come these guys, and the first Black Scorpion. I'm like, no, that's not Flair. Oh no, there's another one. Like none of these guys like guys right the for the horseman.
0: <laughs> Jason yeah. goes right for the reveal. Not even we're not even gonna set it up.
1: Oh no, well I mean it's, it, it's, it's with this is that you're gonna have henchmen and none of these henchmen I mean like except for the last guy who comes out like, I don't remember the black scorpion being like six eight and wearing straps but then this this pod from Space Invaders comes down and this pod looks really impressive. Like I was watching the whole time. It's like there's only the one straight, uh, rope holding it up, and you can barely see that. Everything's super cool about the pod until it starts to raise up. Then it looks a little hope, um, but it's neat. And the Black Scorpion's there with his menacing voice telling Sting that these were just my messengers. And the Black Scorpion is I am dark and mysterious. Check out my shiny cape. It's terrible. And then the yes, and then the once I get into the ring, watch me bounce around like a kid. I Thought at first, I was like, dude, is this the Star Blazer from a couple shows Star ago? Blazer, Yeah, oh, I mean, the Star Blazer. his arm down doesn't look menacing at all. Um, and then, uh, I want to give a big shout out to the camera guy sitting on top of the cage. Absolutely. Oh, dude, absolutely.
3: dude this guy I made a note awesome. of that. that. That is so fucking dangerous what those cameramen are doing because that's not a lightweight camera, no, and that's not a very sturdy cage, no, no, mad props to them,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. The camera, like the camera quality even changes from that upshot. It looks like a... doesn't look like the same grainy, back, far-off camera quality we get. It almost looks like it's too much like a TV show. Um, but I'm not sure, when we finally get to the match here, what's with all the slapping that the Black Scorpion is doing where Sting has been a headlock, and he's just like, slap, 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 tapping. It's almost like he's commu- trying to communicate with him. Um, I can't breathe. And this,
3: yeah, it's like... Whoa. A, Whoa. Four, hey! <laughs>
1: But the crowd is already in on it because there are clear nature boys.
0: I wrote that. Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, because, and this is what, well, I'll keep going and then pull up the, uh, crowds into it. This black scorpion doesn't look menacing, even after the the shiny cape and everything, when it's just a dude and a tight black shirt with a mat, like, come on, this is not the guy who's been tormenting sting. Um, I'll give it to, to whoever that is under that mask. They certainly aren't talking a whole bunch and noisy like they normally are at this point. Um, but I don't understand why Dick the Bruiser is doing rope breaks for the pin count. It's in a cage match, right? That shouldn't break the pin. He's doing rope breaks sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> he's still doing it. And then there's the... He's been one... The Black Scorpion just gives up gives up on pretending he's not who he is and goes for the bridged pin which we've seen a lot and those it's like it gets real comical where Dick the Bruiser keeps taking his legs off and he puts them right back up takes them off I would be pissed off if Dick the Bruiser was refing one of my matches, because he is the slowest fucking referee I've ever seen. <laughs> I'll be I'll be down
3: there in, in just a second. Yeah, <laughs> hold on.
1: Like th- there's solid three counts before he even gets down there, and I don't know how the crowd can tell who's counting to what because his arm doesn't go up higher than his head either time. Um, I mean, like, is he like Austin where he can't move his arm with a certain radius? Maybe you shouldn't be refing. Um, it's just it gets. I don't to know a whether
0: to shit or be a referee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll just stand here and wind my watch. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but then it gets to the point where you can clearly hear the audibles, ah oh, God, ah, oh, ah, oh, <laughs> coming from whoever the black scorpion is. Um just not it's just bad. Um and it it's literally gets to the point where it just doesn't care. Um and then we start getting the countdown from you know, oh Sting gonna do it. He takes the one mask off and there's another mask. And then somehow that mask gets torn and the black scorpion is bleeding (laughs) like
0: through his mask. Of course you will I know. I know. I I wrote that. that Exactly. I was shocked he didn't bleed from
3: minute one. Oh shit. You could win a first blood match with him. (laughs) Oh my god.
0: I would just take a sheet of paper and just
1: (laughs) But it this is so boring. Like, this is so bad, and I mean, I know that there's all this cluster and, and shit as far as going into what to do for the storyline-wise, but it's like, Ric Flair and Sting have the most non-Ric Flair and Sting match, and it doesn't work. So then it goes to the lead where all their matches that you could just call on the spot from get-go, like, they, those do work, and then this one doesn't. I gave this a two and a half.
0: Yeah. Real quick, I thought, what if Ric Flair was a Xerox repair guy, and, like, every time he went to a job, like, he would get paper cut and bleed to
1: death. Like, oh, no! Uh, gone. God! Wait, every, uh. every, every time he's at a job, he bleeds to death. So does he just keep, like, waking up? Like, that yeah, he, really, does. he goes into show? his Lazarus
0: chamber, and he comes out, and he
1: woo! <laughs> <laughs> I am Rick Al Ghul. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Charles, please take it away. We'll do the we'll cover all the post match crap too. Cause God dang, this becomes like Nitro circa ninety seven at the end here. It's great. Oh my God!
3: All right, I'll try to make this as concise as possible. But I'll start by saying this is the worst match on the show by far, simply because of how long it is.
0: So eighteen thirty one. Yeah, they get. Yeah, this is way too lot long a time.
3: Uh, Paul Heyman, uh, I mentioned it on Twitter, but I just thought it was such an odd exchange. Saying that he looked like Popeye. Dick the Bruiser and Jr. goes, No! He looks like a real man! <laughs> That's a cartoon character. <laughs> Jimmy. You know, it's like, what the fuck is that all about? Like, he's got some kind of... I identity. wish
0: we were a video pod just Sometimes. for the way you did that. That <laughs> was perfect. He's <laughs> a cartoon.
3: You like Bluto, do you? <laughs> it's so good. Like... So, four black scorpions come out. So <laughs> Is did, that the start d- to a joke? <laughs> no. well, well, four black scorpions come out, therefore realizing Dick the Bruiser's prophecy of hearing that there's more than one black scorpion. But then we learn that these aren't the real black scorpions. Prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> these aren't the real black scorpions, uh, because the black scorpion tells us so because he tell uh he he's he's mic'd uh in the uh, arena. He actually comes out of that egg that was lowered ET yeah, th- e. T. Like, yeah he, he, here comes fucking ET here. <laughs> so uh, we got the real black scorpion here and I'm looking at him because I'm not 100% sure who it is, but I have my idea because of you. Know, you didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know? I didn't really didn't. know cuz I I made it a thing not to look it up. And I mean, I'd heard that. I can't believe you haven't
0: known before this.
3: No, I made it a point wow. not to figure it out.
0: Even like when you were a kid. And no, you I never kid, knew. You never knew.
3: Wow. No, when um, I was that's a kid, awesome. I wasn't even aware of this because I didn't watch WCW. What's a stinger. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm looking at him and I'm like, that's a familiar looking body type. You know, I mean, black is a slimming color, but, but a certain individual is very recognizable from here up. You know, so I'm like, okay, so there's that. That's interesting. And then. What absolutely gave it away is in the very first minute, the black scorpion gets stinged down on the ground. And then he he goes to the ropes and bounces off them as if he's going to do a knee drop. And I'm like, oh, and then he course corrects right as he bounces off and goes, "Uh uh-uh. And he goes to the opposite rope and does an elbow drop instead. But he was very clearly going for a knee drop. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be awful. Uh, the cameraman uh, we already mentioned it but I took note of it too I mean I was just floored that fucking stinger splash spot that I couldn't he's... wait because I was like cut to that motherfucker yeah and and he had it it's so good and and they're just hanging up there like like there's, there's no there's nothing holding them onto the cage Baby. it was very impressive uh, okay so this gets into the whole my real problem with the match and his name is Dick the Bruiser <laughs> perhaps you've heard of him perhaps you've heard of him so I'm a little unfamiliar how these cage match rules work, because they seem to vary from cage match to cage match. But I'll tell you one thing I never want to see in a cage match is a head-scissor submission attempt. For, for how long? For It felt like a long time. And JR had to bring up, like, I think he said something, oh, this is a move typically done by uh, the Japanese wrestlers. So I've been he told. Said
1: year, he said it's a European-style move R- that the Japanese wrestlers use right. a lot.
3: Like, thanks, JR. I really care. Thanks a lot. Um so then I made this note that was is Black Scorpion not allowed to use ropes for leverage? Because it was broken up by uh Dick the Bruiser. Mm. Uh this is when I noticed, and I wrote this, uh takes Dick an eternity to get to the mat for a three count. <laughs> uh oh, JR. JR says that Dick the Bruiser played for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> He's the fucking ref. Now we're giving out stats of
0: football-based bullshit for the referees. Oh, this has been fantastic. <laughs> All right. How crazy were you about the like Look, the, the world titles changed 14 times in St. Louis. I'm just leaving that out there, folks. Prove it. Yeah. <laughs> the almanacs didn't exist
3: yet. Okay. So, Black Scorpion, what's this? Oh, yes, of course. So, the Black Scorpion has his boots across uh, the throat of Sting, and he's using the rope as leverage but that's not enough to warrant a rope break. <laughs> Dick the Bruiser just, nah, that looks alright. Nah, I'm not gonna stop that. Now, I can hear Ric Flair yelling <laughs> at this moment. Because it's, for the most part, it's been pretty quiet. Yeah. And then, ah! It's <laughs> just... Uh, Richard! Richard! Ri- Alright, Sting uh, bulldogs, this is one of my favorite parts of the match, Sting bulldogs the Black Scorpion, and then Dick the Bruiser does this weird little cheerleading thing, and then pats Sting on the stomach, as if to say, way to go, you're the fucking ref, god damn it, Uh, Sting hits the Stinger Splash on the Black Scorpion, Black Scorpion falls, Very oddly, like Ric Flair, he goes face first into the mat. Uh, There's two masks. Oh, I should also point out, and the the commentators do mention this, but about ten minutes after it's first revealed, there's blonde hair coming out of that mask. Moving on, Uh, it must be Buddy Rogers gotta it, be got, no, it's buddy landell he just got back that, that would have been awesome he just got back from that skid row concert <laughs> i would have been so happy if it was buddy <laughs> landell um black scorpions hit the ring this is this is one of my favorite things in wrestling uh that happens towards well i mean we can get into the the brawl for all that happens later but it's the commentary one of my favorite things in commentary. When nobody seems to know what time it is. <laughs> Paul, Paul, he goes, Yeah, well, we got one minute left. JR follows it up with, We got two minutes which,
0: left. Which we have to mention, there is a stipulation in this match, if the Black Scorpion loses, he is supposed to unmask. Right. So when Sting wins... He should be able to unmask be able it, to but unmask instead. It. No, no, it's a free-for-all. The rest of the ETs come along.
3: And uh I guess Acapulco Heat's coming on in like <laughs> a minute or two. Like even though that this is a, a two hour and forty nine minute pay per view, we've got one minute left. Ow, oh, we got two minutes left. Like it just keeps fluctuating. Um like I said, this match is absolute shit. And between those two guys who should be able to put on a five star out of ten match at worst, yeah, this is basically what I've learned from this is this individual not acting like himself is the worst thing he could like possibly do. He went back do. to individual. Like, I, we've yeah. all but said it. Okay, fucking Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Like he almost ripped the fucking ear thing. Ric like, Flair. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Ric Flair not acting like Ric Flair is the worst thing he could possibly exactly. do. And and exactly. it made me think of Sp- uh, Spartacus. Yeah. I'm like, imagine if he'd and done that. that. And that's what that this was all supposed to be geared around was the right. haircut and everything. Right. And it's it's a disaster. It is it is such an awful match, yeah. and I, I I feel awful for Sting. Having to stick with this shit and Ric Flair, who should have been in the Doom match, like they yeah. could have done so much better with this. And uh, I'm sure Flair did tag with Sting at some point, right? I'm sure that there was one match, like in Poughkeepsie. where, where they yeah, because Sting was a horseman, so uh, yeah. No, it would have had to have happened at some point. Yeah, this is a this is a
0: two. Yeah, um, I'll, I I will try to keep my notes short because we got to get to the post match shenanigans here with this, but um. I love the cut. I put it on Twitter, but the cut to the Black Scorpion fan club? <laughs> the and, the bl- and the khakis and the black shirts? Wow. It's like the guys from Cobra. I like how Jared's like, well, there's only three of them. Well, clearly, Jim, there's like at least five in that shot. So I appreciate you trying to bury it for the radio fans, I guess. That's yeah, that's what he's doing. <laughs>
2: um,
0: I have never seen somebody who just simply crawls out of a, a Scorpion deathlock. He just crawled out of it. This was this was like Sting from two thousand and fourteen putting yeah. on the Scorpion. Yeah, oh, you got out. And here's the crazy. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've seen like is it? We haven't seen him pull this move out in many pay per views. It's been a while. And I mean, it, to see him win with the cross body, he was like, you couldn't even get, you couldn't even get him. Wow. Yeah. So um, let me see if I I don't think I have too too much more with this. Other than yeah, I, um, all right. So let's get to the oh the lazy hip toss. Oh, I loved. Oh, all right, <laughs> not even a toss. I'm not even more supposed like a, to be me in this match anyway. More like a curtail. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I gave it. If there's anything else, I also gives away. Is there's only one guy who refuses to take back bumps. Right. Oh, I was paying <laughs> very close attention to suplexes. Yeah. Flair wasn't exactly right. landing those like he normally would. So let's get to th- all right. My Wait, rating. Yeah, my right. rating is three. Okay. it's bad it is so what a letdown alright let's get to the um, the other scorpions descend on the ring Sting and Dick the Bruiser gets to wrestle which you could tell this is what he was looking forward to the whole night so I get to throw down with a couple dudes and then I feel like he gets a headache halfway through because he goes like, oh no <laughs> too much spinach so the black scorpion <laughs> tries to escape we get the time we're out of time we're gonna run out of time we got t- two minutes left You got a minute left whatever Sting just ign- ignores it just ignores him. And then that's when Arn Anderson and Barry Windham attack. Um, the The other rando black scorpions get unmasked, and they're like Tim Horner or Jacko Victory. Or, I, no, I'm, they're not. They're just randos. Nothing ex- exciting about it. Uh, we then get the Z-Man, and just his jeans comes down. He tries to <laughs> the, leap to the cage, eats didn't it. Didn't work. Nope. <laughs> Does not work. Um. We have 30 seconds. It's Ric Flair. Oh, I love that. It's, it's, it's Ric Flair. <laughs> Jim Ross just, like, the mask comes off. We don't get a clear shot of it really initially, but Ross is just like, fuck it, it's Ric Flair. The Steiners, by the way, bring out the bolt cutters, which is brilliant. They have but not Barry changed, which I think is amazing fight. that Scott Steiner has found a way not to change into another singlet to do this run-in. And he goes in, <laughs> unbolts a the cage. They descend on it. You know, it's, it's the classic kind of... Faces are in the ring celebrating while the heels are getting away, and it's it's supposed to be this great triumphant moment, but it's really a very very lame ending. So let's just let's just recount this real quick. Again, I would encourage you to go look up Jim Cornette's breakdown of this because it's it's going to be much better than this. This is just kind of the by the numbers breakdown here. So, Al Perez was the Black Scorpion back at Clash 12, which we thought was okay. A bit just brawly. Not a great wrestling match, but a good kind of striking back and forth fourth match with Sting. Apparently, he's crazy. Like, he's a pretty nutso dude who thought he should have been way uh, treated way more, treated better than the way he was. He thought he should have been going over on Ric Flair or whatever. Well, he abruptly quits. He, sh- he was slated to be the Black Scorpion. Who was? Say it again. Al Perez. Oh, Al Perez. Well, that doesn't happen. And then, of course, you know, they wanted Jim Hellwig, Ultimate Warrior, to do it, but this is in the middle of his title reign. But again, like, apparently, there was already rumblings that his title reign was not going well in the eyes of a man, so it was plausible to tease that it could be him because it seemed like there was this sliver of hope that he may jump or whatever. But well, obviously, that didn't happen. We know Ole Anderson does the voice. We know that. We also learned that, like, throughout the build up to this match they do this match on house shows they have Sting against the Black Scorpion on many house shows and it would inevitably end with him narrowly about to unmask him and then something happens to where the Black Scorpion escapes and the build up to Havoc it was Sid coming out and attacking Sting so by the time they get to Starcade here the idea is, fuck it, we're going to put Wyndham in there we're going to put Wyndham under the hood Flare Blocks this and says, this is going to hurt Wyndham because Wyndham just did the fake sting thing of havoc. It will hurt him. Apparently, things hurt him enough to where he can't recover from it. So he puts himself under the mask instead. Now, this may on the surface seem like, oh, he's taken one for the team. You guys nailed it when you talked about Ric Flair trying to not wrestle like Ric Flair is the worst thing in the world to watch. I think this sometimes lends some credit to what Bret Hart always kind of said about him like if you're truly like the greatest professional wrestler ever I think you would have figured out a way to not wrestle this badly but it's tough I mean like when you've wrestled as Ric Flair that same type of match house show to house show with Steamboat and all the guys over the years you're used to doing the knee drop that's why it's I'm gonna do the shit elbow you know so there has also been a counter opinion that flair was trying to put this was a way to try and get the belt back on himself because he would look like always oh, taking one for the team and put him back in line for a, a championship match in the near future i think the thi- the thing that you guys also said is the thing that's so sad is this destroy this i think this destroys things title run this first run here this has crippled it because this was this has been our entire run thus far with the exception of him coming off of uh him against Flair is that he has been embroiled with the Black Scorpion. Whether even in the Sid match, if the Black Scorpion still a lingering thing. So this is totally destructive towards his title run, and it's not surprising that I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's pretty soon after this Sting is unfortunately not going to be the world champion, and we'll have to battle it back again. And I think this this just didn't this just didn't do him service. What are you about to say? So in, instead of donning a
3: black mask, being cryptic, learning how to do magic. And, you know, kidnapping people and shit. Couldn't Flair have just invoked his rematch clause? That's the funniest
0: thing. <laughs> it, to me, is also was like, <clears throat> unless we got it at some rando event, we never got this it. seems like a lot. Like, Flair picked up a a character trait that he has never used since. Right. Which is the ability, you know, to do magic. Right. I level so magic. Jason, you watch this. Like, at the time when it was revealed to be Ric Flair, were you down with it? No. <laughs> it was
1: like, this was, I was like, really? I mean, like, I would have been 10. Uh, so it was like the 10-year-old version of, really? I mean, it was just such yeah. a letdown. Um, you know, this was back then, so it wasn't like super into the rumor mill. So, I mean, I didn't know or care that it was going to Ultimate Warrior or maybe this, maybe that. I just wanted it to be somebody. And then the fact that it was just Ric Flair was was just kind of uh, like you're already the you know biggest bad there is in wcw why do you need to do this and like what charlie said what was he why didn't just invoke his rematch clause because as far as we know he never got one when he lost the sting at at great american bash um i remember like just when it was over my dad was like i paid for that (laughs) And, and watched it twice because I watched it while I recorded it when it came on but, uh, and it was oh man but isn't it like, crazy
3: like you, you look at like a reveal like that Th- that like I didn't see this I didn't know about this. this is very indicative of very similar types of storylines that have happened over the years where they're gonna reveal something to you and it's like nine times out of ten this thing is a major letdown whenever like like the only other thing I can compare it to like for me personally like Jason said he was 10. So when I was, how old would I have been? Maybe 13? That was when they did the higher power. Yeah. And that's, I the way Jason right. describes it, that's how I felt after the higher power. Because yeah. I was never really more invested in a storyline than that. And then, that's it? That's it? And, and I mean, other ones like the gobbledygooker. Uh, what is it? Uh, Hornswoggle is Vince McMahon's son. Or I would say the anonymous general
0: manager. Boy, that was the, supposed uh, to be Oh, the anonymous
3: manager. general manager. Man. Man, they made you care about it whether you wanted to or not. Right. Simply because of how long they dragged it out. Because the who? Hornswoggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When in doubt, Hornswoggle's the black scorpion. That would have been the best. He comes out. I wonder (laughs) who. What would he have been like Sid? Now, who could that be?
1: (laughs) 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 That would have been interesting. With the the clusterfuck at the end, if you're going to have fake black scorpions surround the ring and you're Ric Flair, why aren't the horsemen the other black scorpion? See? (sighs) And where was Sid?
3: Right, because that gave it away, too, I once thought, the horseman I, hit the ring,
1: I
0: misspoke earlier. Curler. I thought Sid came out. He didn't. He didn't, did he? See, that's what led to the, the confusion. Yeah. So. yeah. Jason, can you
1: That would have been a great face turn for Sid. As Sid comes out, they're thinking, you know, oh, no, he's going to be... And he starts beating up the horseman because he's pissed off because he wasn't fit, let in the loop. That's yeah. enough. You didn't I, trust me with this? It been something
0: really cool to do with Sid. It's just such a bummer. They just wouldn't go all in I and do it with him. What were you
1: going to say? I was going to ask
3: Jason real quick. Uh, I had two weeks in a, or two times in a row I did this. Jason, can you rail off your scores real fast? Just <laughs> real fast. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm missing me, one. i got to figure out which one it is.
1: Okay. Uh, I've got, since there's so many of here. Just read the numbers. Uh, yeah, I've got... Uh, sh- got a four yep four and a half yep six and a half yep six yep Six. Oh wait no wait five no sorry I, I had them labeled for something um sorry this one was canada russia this was what was after that uh trail of six as i just i have you? four four point five six
3: point
1: five six okay um then canada and russia that was the the three uh-huh then Terry Tay was five and a half, and then a two point five. Yep. Then okay. 2.5. Okay. Done.
3: All right. That did it. Okay.
0: Thank you. So yeah, um, that closes out the um. You know what? I didn't look at. I didn't look within it. I, um, I'm pulling up cage match here, so you can get ready for what you're gonna do. Um. Yeah. It's it's such a letdown. 14 matches, and by the end of it. It's sting in the main event in a cage match of the world title and a storyline's been going and it's to end it with basically us giving it no higher than a three. That sucks. Oh yeah, God, that sucks. Man, oh man, I because I tried to think of it too, like I was like, if I were a kid, if, like if I was like kind of like in your shoes, Jason, like what I have thought differently I was like, yeah, I might have like been like more willing to like not think as harshly on it, but at the same time, I'd been like, God, dang man. I yeah, see.
1: It was because yeah. as a whole, it didn't make sense. Even though I was a kid, I was watching this, every, you know, I mean, just hearing how much WCW TV there was. Yeah. So I was watching as much as I could, and then it just, none of it made sense. And it really, this was like the first time, I think this was the first time that wrestling made me feel stupid. Or I thought it was trying to make me feel stupid. And so it was like, oh, uh, so it has a little black, a little. Red mark next to it for me is not just not just the disappointment of oh this wasn't someone new or this wasn't someone new. it was just like why are you talking down to me thing that I like so much
0: why are you talking down to me <laughs>
3: done you got it yep I'm done okay all right so, so what did they give it or, or you want to, you're, yeah you, you do go ahead and do okay. yours first yeah uh I have a show rated at a lowest at the lowest with a three point six will you're at a three point nine Jason with a 4.8. And so we gave the
0: show, and I'm very comfortable with this rating, a 4.1. Wow. You know what Cagematch.net? 4.05. Wow. We were dead on with that. Jason bumped us up. Jason really bumped us up. It was Jason that was able to get us back into that range. There you go. So... That's
3: kind well, of... Well, it's like like the last episode, you know, I made a whole point of saying, you know, just because the match rating is this doesn't mean that the show is this. No, this show is absolutely a 3.6. Yeah, well, like, it is. This one is
0: an exception to that rule. Yeah. So, we're heading now into 1991, which is going to be a, a, a year of, well, big names leaving that we've been watching these past few shows. Some big names are going to be going bye-bye, but also... Some real big character changes, especially with uh, our new U.S. champion. Right. that will be wild coming in 91. But our next show will be Flash the Champions 14, Dixie Dynamite. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that took place January 30th, 1991 in Gainesville, Georgia.
1: Rich. So what was a vape spit take like there, Will? Did, that sounded like that was got full of cherry flavor. Oh, yeah. No, but
0: it's... <laughs> I mean, hey, it's the first actual WCW Clash, by the way. Oh, Sting, okay. Kind of well, they do the make a point time. of saying that Sting is the first WCW yes. World Champion. Yes, yeah, so yes, you can see that it's really starting to shift now, finally, into real full Real quick, before
3: we go off the air, because it came up earlier, and we didn't go into it, and Jason showed some interest in it. So, Jason, I was sitting at, at my desk at work uh, earlier this week, and I get this fucking phone call. <laughs> and it's from some obnoxious prick. <laughs> and, and he's like, just giving me shit and I just I, I didn't recognize the voice I just no-sold it I just no-sold it no-sold it and it was very like over the top and now that <laughs> you mention what it was now I know what it was and then finally after no-selling it for so long I just get a thank you sir <laughs> and then he hangs up the phone and that's the end of it and I was—and I didn't give it another thought until about an hour ago when Will re- revealed to me that he was the black scorpion
0: <laughs> <laughs> I descended from the spacecraft so here's what I- I was listening to, uh, I was listening to, uh, WTF. It was Josh Brolin on there with, um, Mark. Yeah. Thank Mark Maron. Yeah. yeah. That was a good ep. It was good. And they started doing Nick Nolte. And like, I was like, so Nick Nolte impression is really like, it oh, it's got a lot of breathy. It's very, a lot of phlegm in the back of your throat. I got got to get yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> so I was like, Hmm, you know, it'd be fun. To try this out. <laughs> to try out this. So I actually downloaded the app to record the call, but the volume apparently on the on the app on default is too was like down completely, so it didn't record it. But I was gonna record it oh and god play it god. on this episode. Oh god. Because it would have been, been so amazing. funny. Because <laughs> it was it was great because I, I came on and like I was purposely like I'm gonna cough. I need to cough a few times just to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> You're like all dogs. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. Well I asked. at first I asked. You got any rooms on Memorial Day weekend? How are you coming in there? Yeah. I just said Memorial Day yeah. weekend. I didn't say any dates. Just Memorial Day weekend. Any of the dates. And I, for a second, I was like, he's not even looking it up. Like, I could tell. I was like, I don't think he's looking it up. Because I can hear just a couple random, like, deliberate taps. Just tap, tap, Ball, tap. Pull the phone the next to him. Yep, yep. And then I was... You said, it's all booked. I was like, you know, I'm just coming with me and my dog. Yeah, I just, uh, just... Get out. Get, get down there, you know. And, you're, and you politely say only service animals only are, service dogs are, are allowed
3: yeah. and I was like you know man I'm just gonna come up my boat and- <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna come up there and drink <laughs> and it was God, it was man. one of the worst it was one of the worst Nick Nolte impressions ever and I applaud Charlie because <laughs> I thought you knew I didn't because I was I texting with in. you afterwards and I was like this motherfucker's keeping me. He's gonna no sell this all the way until I bring <laughs> I'm it up. So yeah. <laughs> no, I had no So, so funny. But anyway, that's <laughs> so that's it. That's cool. That's a fun little story. Yes, it is. So, all right. So next next show is Clash of Champions 14. It's going to be Dixie Dynamite. You can uh, you can reach out to us on social media. We are on uh, Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast, Twitter at New Blood Pod. I'm at William Rankin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM Underscore Stabs. We'll see you guys for Clash of Champions 14, Dixie Dynamite.